Around Comics, Episode 23. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. I am not Tom Caters. Tom Caters is on vacation this week, and filling his chair is our good friend and the artist of Scar Tissue and various other comics now, Mr. Dave Wachter. I am not Tom Caters. And our next guest is the manager of Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. He is the large and in charge, Mr. Mark Beatty. I am Tom Gators. Gentlemen, welcome. I uh, would like to uh, throw out a programming note. We were supposed to have Rick Remender on the show today. We had some technical difficulties, and rather than waste the time of the incredibly busy Mr. Rick Remender, we decided to let him go. We are going to reschedule that interview, and hopefully we will bring him to you in the following months. But uh, we will talk about Rick Remender probably a little bit later in the show. If you have not checked out his work, please do so. Fear Agent, Strange Girl... Nightmare, the list goes on and on. Last Christmas is a new uh, uh, comic of his. Please check it out. Rick is a fantastic creator, and we were uh, deeply saddened to uh, to miss him on the show today. So I could pretend to be Rick, if, but I don't know. Nobody knows what Rick sounds like, right? He's never done a podcast, I don't think. We uh, could do that. Hello, this is Rick Romanda. Good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I made it just in time. <laughs> Fluent. He's a Hungarian immigrant. That's oh, I'm Hun, I tell you. <laughs> so, so Rick, if you are listening, thank you very much for hanging in with us. We're sorry that uh, we weren't able to get you on the show today. We will try uh, to get you on very, very soon. Uh, a quick reminder, Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, please come by and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you. Dark Tower is now offering a 20% discount on purchases made during our show recordings. Just mention Around Comics when you check out and receive 20% off your purchase. It's that easy. Uh, so, guys, no Rick Remender today. Um, yeah, so... Womp, 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 womp. We're we're gonna we're gonna pull into the comics bag. We're gonna we're gonna dig deep and uh, and we're gonna pull out the the number one topic that has been requested. We're gonna piss off everyone that's wanted to be on on the show when we talked about this. Uh, we're Little talk- Rascals slash <laughs> fiction. <laughs> no, we are not going to talk about our gang slash fiction. Mm. We are going to talk about Damn it. Stooges. No, but you're getting closer. We're, we're talking about the silver screen. We are talking about comics in movies and comics as movies and movies as comics. Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood and comics. Absolutely. Um, so, guys, uh, it's kind of a good time to talk about this. X3 just came out, so movies are right in the forefront. It's really been a great, what, five or six years now for, for comics and movies. I love it. Uh, I gotta say, I have to say, I mean, this is, you know, uh, my uh, my cousin, who's also uh, sort of like a brother to me, uh, him and I grew up reading comics and, and, like, dreaming that someday they would make, you know, really good comic book movies. And, you know, we, we were sitting down the other day, we, we were going to go see X3, and we were both kind of talking about how, 
and the last few years is, has been a dream come true for us because we finally get to see all these great characters that we we grew up loving on the, you know on the big screen and and most if not all have been done pretty darn well even even the you know even the not good ones or the ones that you know people maybe complain about the most i still find uh you know a fascination with and and even the worst of them i on some level enjoy a- anyone who lived through david hasselhoff as nick fury anyone oh, who, anyone who it was what roger corbin's uh did uh uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four. Captain America, um, uh, back in live action Spider Man yeah. show. Uh, it, it, was awful. it was there was yeah all the old stuff. That's the thing, man. Well, growing up, they were all just so terrible. You get your hopes up every time one of these new things comes out, and then it was just dashed on the rocks. And now to finally have stuff that actually lives up to the material. Oh yeah, I mean that stuff. So what, satisfying. It, it wasn't even like BBC TV <laughs> bad. I mean it was it, it was a beyond that yeah, you know did you ever see that daredevil that was like when the daredevil meets the incredible hulk oh that was the worst he was actually blindfolded <laughs> yeah the whole idea behind a guy in a mask is not to know that he's blind there was no <laughs> way not to know he was blind or the one where he meets thor oh that was equally great oh hello i'm thor oh, oh God, you know awful. At, there's at, been commercials better than that movie <laughs> you know, like the the bad what was that mastercard or something or visa commercial with oh the, with the underdog and yeah all the i mean that was better than some of those oh films. that was way better than a lot of you know for for us growing up or for me growing up anyway you know superheroes on you know on the hollywood side the the best of it was probably the incredible hulk tv show yeah, or actually it was just the hulk and but it, it was, was not, but it was nothing like the comic book Hulk. That was the only thing that bothered me. Oh, bullets! Well, he was big and green him. and big green and big. Know, I loved it. I grew up on that show. Oh, sure, I but it was probably, probably the best show, and yeah. it was the best comic adaption mm-hmm. that that Hollywood put out for years. Well, next to the Shazam ISIS Power Hour, yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah, so you know, if you step away from from the the live action, we as comic fans really survived on cartoons. Forever, you Never. know, it was you know Spider-Man. What about, what about Reb Brown's Captain America? That was fantastic stuff. You were at the Clear register. Shield. We already talked about how crappy Clear that was. Clear shield, motorcycle helmet. That was God, oh the clear. That was, sh- that was just the most that that lodged on the front run. of his bike. Uh, yep. Yeah. For, for anyone that doesn't perfect no, rendition of Cap. For anyone that hasn't listened before, Mark is a huge Captain America fan. That, that's really your guy. So, you know, what's it feel like to have your favorite character just absolutely defiled in, in a show? Twice. <laughs> yeah, but at Twice. the time, was the, I mean... Was the other, who was the other guy that did the, the 1990... Oh, I don't know who it was, but I saw I that. His it was name. terrible. The rubber, it was terrible the rubber when they ears. Take... They couldn't even just make holes in the mask and put his ears through it. Wasn't that the one where the red skull was ears. no longer no, red? The red no, the red skull was skull. Italian. Yeah, Italian. Well, they just well, made him so into a Mussolini. He was no longer a Nazi. <laughs> Nazis horrible. were, you know, <laughs> oh, but a taboo. They were taboo. The, you know, taboo Nazis. Can't talk about Nazis. That's... <laughs> I mean, the rest of the costume didn't look too bad. But, we're you know, trying to reclaim Italian red skull, and and you can't even listen with your own ears. I mean, there are <laughs> problems. Oh, I mean, now don't you think they could do a great Captain America oh, definitely. movie? It, I mean, that one is especially with you see what. Would be brutal. Daredevil. What? Uh, no. Especially based on like Mark Millar's Ultimate Captain America. Yeah, we, we've talked we talked before about how much we love the 1940s era Captain America, the mm-hmm. Invaders era. Wouldn't that be a great slice of history to pull out and make a movie about the Invaders? 
I think yeah, so. Yeah, it would be. Or World you War could two movies? do like what Brubaker did and just have all the nice flashbacks. Yeah. You know. Yeah, oh, well, because I think be one good. of the most interesting things about Cap is that he's, you know, he's a man out of his own time. And, mm-hmm. and I think that is something you could really explore in a film, you know, that character to me. I mean, that, that was always sort of one of the most interesting things about that, that, that character. That is Captain That is, whenever you look at the baseline of what Captain America is, he has, you know, a, a moral set and, and a, a place in history that is out of time from where we are. That gives, you know, he always is coming at things from a different perspective. That's what makes that character he's so interesting. He's good and Justin. Yeah, he, he's from a better time is, is our perspective of it. Um, some a simpler con- time. A, a simpler time. You know, if, from our perspective, it may have not been a simpler yeah. time. It was but just I think hidden it was. It was just, better. It was, it was the, the black and white was more distinct back then. Less shades of gray when he was around. You know, when, yeah, he was, when he was first running around, basically. There was the bad guys and the good guys. Well, you know, I have heard a couple internet rumblings. Um, Until noir came along. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking of, of Cap and, and the Invaders... Uh, if anyone listens to Word Balloon, which is a great interview podcast, uh, John Suntress is a, is kind of the Charlie Rose of of comic book. We love you, John. Uh, also a fellow Chicagoan. He uh, just did the Bendis tapes in the last month, and Bendis kind of uh, threw out uh, yeah threw out some hints that Ed Brubaker may be working on an Invaders like an actual 1940s Invaders comic with Howard Chankin doing art. Oh God, I know that. <laughs> That wasn't part of the rumor, but I tell you what, you want to talk about something that I've wanted to, to see for a long time, that is it. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting back on to movies, you know, we've talked about some of the, the misses, which were the 19, you know, late 70s and, and 80s misses in, in comic book movies. What have been the big hits in movies for you as a fan? What is your favorite comic book adaption as a movie? Dave. Sal, Dave. Uh, favorite's tough. Uh, I would have to say my favorite that everybody else hates is oh, the Hulk. God. And here, <laughs> and we, here go. we go. I know. Oh, here I we go. Is right. I don't hate there the are Hulk. Parts of it that are great, like the the whole battle in the desert. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic Hulk. Very cool. I, I love the, the whole Hulk. thing. I love, I love the. Uh, you are a huge Hulk supporter. I am a huge. I'm massive. Hulk that, supporter, but I thought that was a great movie. I but I bet you that so is one of you. You I probably it. hate that comic book. But my dad, the Absorbing Man. Uh, you oh, know that yeah. doesn't. That, that doesn't I, I wasn't a big reader of the Hulk comic. I've got like maybe two, three years worth of Peter David's run on the Hulk. I like I said before, I was really raised on the TV show, so I thought it had a nice mix of the two. When that things happen like it. they do, the Absorbing Man is his dad instead of him being something else. That's the kind of thing that doesn't even that that's not the kind of problem that I ever have with movies. I, I go into these comic book movies... You're not worried about continuity and I'm not worried about it having to be just be like the comic. Right. I want it to be... Uh, I don't think it can be. I think it has to be a good movie first. And you can't... And, you know, that's... Well, I don't know. I mean, spi- the Spider-Man films are pretty... You know, it accurate, does, but they accurate could be like, good. well, that should be Gwen Stacy on the bridge, not Mary Jane, you know, and all this other well, kind of sure, stuff. Well, sure, there's always so, something you can... My biggest problems with yeah. the Hulk, I mean, I thought it looked very nice. But he I thought rolling. the Hulk looked a little strange from time to time. The character, you know, it being a big CGI, you know, character, I thought at some points he looked a little odd, but overall it was well done. I just, I hated Eric... Banna, I thought he was <laughs> terrible. I think he's. Oh, I, I thought he was. I didn't great. think he was. I, I thought didn't he think worked. he was that bad. Actually, I didn't think <laughs> Eric Banna was that bad. I, the problems I had was the 
the fact that you know the, the matter he gets, the taller he gets. Well, they had um, well, the bigger he gets. Three, he just gets tall. He's it was like a, freaking twenty feet tall. He's really pissed off. Yeah, they made three stages of the Hulk in it, and it's basically like three stages of anger for the Hulk. So you have a smaller one, a medium sized one, and then a huge one. And a super size. I want a right, mini Hulk. Super size, super size the fries. But um, you know, Ang Lee is I a great it. director. Yeah, I love his. Yeah. For uh, the right film, if anyone has uh, seen the Ice Tiger, Hidden Dragon, well, the, the one race, the one recently, that uh, thing was? yeah, that's, that's, a, okay. that's um, a beautiful movie. That's a really film. Uh, great movie. Any of you guys uh, seen the, the the Ice Storm? Ice Storm yeah. rides with the devil. What did he just? What's yeah. called? You ever I seen that, that, that western? Was, yeah, that was great. Oh, uh, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain, which I just the saw Hulk, recently, which is was a really good. You know, I didn't hate the Hulk. Once again, there's films, even the worst, like probably the worst. Modern day comic film that's been made. Fantastic for. Well, other than like Catwoman. Oh, Catwoman that, that, that was, does that was, not count. Know. It's not well, a comic book movie. You know, it doesn't count. I, 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 I've, wi- I've wiped I, see, I liked, Catwoman I liked from my Daredevil. brain. Oh. I like Daredevil a lot, Daredevil actually. I, I liked it more. I don't There's a scene in Daredevil that was a lot so Chris. perfectly captured from uh, from the no. from the book no. the, the the scene in the bar where he goes after in the beginning where he goes after i can't think of the character's name uh it was in the very beginning of the film when he's in court and then after after the the guy gets off and he goes and chases and he goes and kills the guy well hey you know that that's he didn't kill him the train killed him the train, uh, he yeah, threw the him in front of the train he didn't, or, he didn't stop no. him from jumping the, I, I don't yeah, have, I, don't have just, to, I don't have to but no no the scene in the bar was batman begins We'll, well, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah. We'll get there. Fantastic the Four, as kind of... I mean, I didn't hate the Fantastic Four. I didn't it love was, it, but... It, it was like a fireworks even, display. Even it those was, films, there's like this morbid over. curiosity. I, yeah. I can't help but enjoy them on some level. On some, It's like, I, even even if it's awful... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's still... It's like seeing the thing, seeing... The human, I mean, even like seeing the human, human torch, torch was great. Yeah, it was all. It well, was here, just, the, the, sorry, the thing looked awful. This is this is yeah, how this is how I would how I would describe the Fantastic Four movie. It was like reading the Fantastic Four. It is ha. no almost, no it, re, reading like regular well, the Fantastic plots, Four. But, it's interesting. You see the characters, you like it, and it's blah blah blah. It doesn't stick with you. Hulk. That stop it. That uh, Daredevil. Uh, Fantastic Four did not <laughs> stick with me. Now a movie that did stick with me, and Sal and I have had some arguments about this, but what? I think the truest. Movie adaptation of a comic book ever because Spider-Man it was ba- no because it was basically panel for panel frame oh, by frame. Well, well Sin, 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 Sin City. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, certainly it was, but but it I mean, it almost it literally was frame. It was, frame. but but it did, was storyboarded. But did, did that out. did that hurt that movie as a movie because it was so absolutely true to the comics? Well, I think you certainly had people that didn't enjoy it because it's you know it's set in a you know, in that magical realism, set. you know, it's not reality, but it's not well, pure it's Sin fantasy. City, it's, it's Frank it's, Miller's and, world. Well, but we understand that because we've read Sin City and we understand comics but if, but and we understand how they work. Comics. But if you're coming from outside, I think it hurt it in hmm. some degree. But I know a lot of people that aren't comic book fans that, that have never it. read Sin oh, City yeah. and that loved it a lot because it it has so many elements of you know crime noir and 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 that storytelling techniques well, an, that was obviously you know influential on in the original book it's an adaptation of a book that's much more cinematic than most comics yeah uh, true absolutely so it's absolutely. easier it's an easier translation than say trying to uh adapt you know silver age you know fantastic four yeah yeah you know? well you know i probably would agree with you that it is the mo- obviously the most true 
truly made. But I think the I best know. of any Spider-Man of them two. is Spider-Man 2. I just think that film was the best combination of Peter Parker and Spider-Man and everything that that mm-hmm. character's about and all the elements. And you, know, you know what made Spider-Man 2 great, in my opinion? The screenplay. It, Michael, oh, yeah. Michael yeah, Chabon? Yeah. Is it Chabon? Chabon. Chabon? Chabon. Okay, Chabon. Yeah, Ke- Kelly Sue's... Uh, um, uh, pronunciation thread. We're gonna have to go and add. Okay. The the screenplay for that movie was so solid. You saw it in the first movie that the effects were there. It was Spider Man was believable, swinging around the city. Yeah. Blah blah and blah. Only, if, it, if only it wasn't the Iron Green Goblin. <sighs> yeah. But but in the second one, you didn't really have to deal with the. And the Doc iron. Ock was kick ass. Well, yeah, Ock was oh, cool though. Yes. He's perfect. Throw me the idol. I throw you the. Although whip. I I always said I thought the guy that should play Doctor Octopus is uh, Elton John. <laughs> He's got the haircut, the glasses. He looks just like him. <laughs> He's tubby. He's a little tubby. <laughs> a little too flamboyant. A little tubby. Have you seen little, Elton John lately? Hey, wait, wait, a little too flamboyant for Doctor Octopus. The guy wears wrong glasses. Hey, he he, he married uh, on, <laughs> he he married Aunt May. Or did they ever no, get they married? No, they dated. They dated. They dated. Okay. Elton John would date. Yeah, but can Elton John John act? John would date Aunt May. (laughs) I don't know. He was a sex change operator. People didn't think he was gay for years, so... I guess he can act. All right, focus, focus, focus. Back back in the mold. Here, I'll throw one out at you. How about a movie like, um, that's not a comic book adaptation, but... You know it, the 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 subject is about comic books, un, like Unbreakable. Oh, I think that, I think that uh-huh. is the best. To me, that's the best comic book movie, movie because it is so perfect. You don't have to. Anybody can watch that movie. You don't have to know anything about the characters. It's not like you have to know yeah. Superman's history or Spider-Man's history or any of these other guys' history. Sin City. You don't have to ever. You can just watch that movie and enjoy it. Well, I was kind of thinking Sky High. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like Sky High. Anything about Kurt Russell's got to vote for me. Sky High has been and, on. Uh, and what's Sky, her name? What's Scandalin yeah. Carter. Sky, Sky High has been on HBO like every uh. day, like three times a it's day. It's a really enjoyable movie. My I, wife loves it's it. Cute. It's cute. What have you read? Grounded. No. Yes. Yeah. Grounded, Grounded and Sky cool. High are really very similar. Very, very similar. Yeah, but but you know in different ways, but very fun. Um, the thing about Unbreakable though, as I like, is that it does the perfect thing that I always had problems with a lot of these kind of movies, and is that it's the first half of every other movie. It's the or it's the it's the coming into his powers part, mm-hmm. and the, and you, you get all these other movies. You get, I mean, even the first Spider-Man movie. Um, falls into this trap. The first X-Men movie falls in this trap. You have the first half of the movie where you figure out the origin, getting the powers, and you're figuring out about everything. And that's really the best part of the movie. And then the last half of the movie, they feel like they need, well, we need a villain, and we need him to fight something. You know, but that's they they sort of tack it on as the second half of the movie. In Unbreakable, yeah, but no, no, Unbreakable is the other way around. Oh, okay. In other films, Unbreakable is just like Unbreakable. Unbreakable is that first half of the movie expanded to be the whole movie. And to me, the whole the best part of the movie is always that first half. And they made that the whole movie in Unbreakable. Because I I can watch that over and over. Well, you know, we do love that movie. We talked about this last week, and you know, the whole what makes a good villain, and that's. You know that was that character in Unbreakable. It's like you know that they concept. Call me Mr. Glass. The the concept of I'm going to be a villain mm-hmm. because the world needs a hero. It was 
amazing. Yeah. And I that and, was. And you'll notice there was no rocket powered skateboards. In that movie. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Reference our last episode to hear about rocket powered skateboards. Was um, that the editorial note at the bottom <laughs> of the panel? <laughs> he probably needed to do that because nobody listens to this show. And I, I believe Alex Ross was involved in the making of that film. I, I know he that he had some of the stuff. And but I think it, he also talked a lot with him about like sort of the mythology. There was Alex the, Ross or there was someone on the DVD is with Alex Ross. Yeah. And, and I know they have his illustrations in it. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Listen to AroundComics.com. It's not just for 12-year-old boys. It's for 13-year-old boys, too. Uh, did you guys see um, Comic Supervillains? Or Comic Book Villains? Comic Book Villains, yeah. The mile yeah. It's That's the guy from... Uh, What's Daniel Woke? Yeah, 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 yeah. And just... That's a great. I mean, that is uh, that was a perfect film in, in in sort of a funny, you know, campy way. But I mean, it's like every every comic book collector's dream is like finding that mother load of that of collection. hidden com- yeah, yeah, that collection. I still when, have that dream. When the well, it, that's <laughs> when, what that whole movie's about. When, when the truck, you know, goes into the lake and you see all of the long boxes fall out of the truck and they're spoilers, all spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, spo- <laughs> and you're just like, no, Avengers number four is in there. Ah! They're perfect. They're in, they've been kept in perfect humidity for forty years, fifty years, and yeah, that, that was a, that was a fun movie. You know, a, a dark, twisted movie, you know, certainly. But have you ever seen the uh, um, the? Nope, I haven't seen that one. Mark Hamill did a fake <laughs> documentary on uh, a mockumentary. <laughs> yeah, it was it was about um, I can't think of the. It was com- it was called Comic Book the Movie, and he played about he, he played yes. he played a guy. He was doing a documentary about comic book conventions and he went to san diego con and filmed it all in this character and trying to get like funds for the film and trying to and interviewing all the and it you know it's it, it was funny and frightening all at the same time because it you know it showed a lot of the you know or, or, you know what we talked about two episodes ago all, all the you know characters that you find at a convention and uh and he you know he used it in a sort of way to you know he was sort of the foil of the film because he took it way more serious than anyone else, but at the same time, it was, you know, poking fun at at fanboys everywhere. But it was it was an enjoyable. Well, you know, speaking of going to San Diego, now our our resident artist supreme here, Dave <laughs> Wachter, you've been to San Diego. You've yes. gone out there to promote scar tissue. What is the Hollywood presence like out there? I I can't even imagine. Well, I was just I was actually thinking of um, this for the interview we we're going to do, but um. I was actually thinking more of L.A. the last time I was out in L.A., which was this this last Wizard World, L.A. And uh, we had, I don't know, five, six people come up talking about optioning, you know? And, 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 and Scar Tissue, is that was like the release of issue number three. Yeah, yeah, and you've got people coming, oh, that's a pretty, that's a good premise, that sounds really good, you know, all this kind of stuff. And really, I gotta say, at first I was almost, I was a little taken aback by it you know i I was thinking you know i want to sell this book to comic book fans i don't want it to just be like you know just some little idea for some some hollywood producer guy or or something like that even though and and even when they say optioning you know you know uh that you know it's not going to get made into a movie no it's not i mean they just buy i did i really think in hollywood they're completely out of ideas 
Well, so ha- they just ha- buy up everybody else's ideas, and then when they have they stockpile it, and yeah, you know. when they've when they've turned every old '70s Sherwood Schwartz television show into a movie, <laughs> and they're out of other things to do, they'll go, uh, what do we got under here? Pick, oh, pick look, here, here we go. We have another idea because we're we're plumb out of ideas, and it's it's like you know, I want to sell my book. To I think a there's some fans, more. I think there's some more Aaron to... Spelling shows that can be made in yeah, the movies. Yeah, there's a few. Well, there's uh, about five billion of them. Uh, Nine hundred two one zero. The movie. It's got to be coming out. No, you need another at least eight years. So I what? Think, so what? So what? I hope. So, so at like what price would the would your you know your conscious just kind of you know fold in on itself and oh and I have give no in. idea. I don't, I don't, I Dave don't is cheap. That kind of stuff. Uh, yeah yeah what the hell? Uh, but you know I went I, I mean that that kind of stuff is a complete mystery to me. I don't understand it. You know I'm from the Midwest. I don't get all this Hollywood claptrap stuff. You know but it seems like that that you know in comic books. There's a, a million billion ideas, and there's new ideas coming up all the time, and people there, have all a, these there, ideas. There's that they a movie get. that comes out every month in comics that are better than most of the movies that are being made. But the thing is, these these options are are being bought up in all of these comics, and they just sit out there. We talked to right. Phil Hester what three months ago, and mm-hmm. he talked about you know one of the things that turned his career around was getting um, the coffin option, and this is. This happened at like the same time that he was uh, starting to Jim draw. Jim Cameron optioned it, didn't he? Yeah, right. but this is like the same time that he's working with Kevin Smith on Green Arrow. That's been how long ago now? What, uh, like four five, years, five years? Five years 2000, ago? 2001. It's a fantastic book if nobody's ever read it, by the way. A Quiver? No, no, Coffin. Oh, co- oh Coffin is brilliant. Okay. It, it's it's a great book. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it's not just comic book options. It's, you know, script options, sure. book yeah. options. They just buy them up because they have the money. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 yeah. they're, it's always like, what's next? They're, I mean, that's movie producers' jobs are to try and find out what's going to be popular next. So it's like, oh, you know, that film, film X made this amount of money. we got to fi- find something that's like it. So let's just buy up every option we can so that when that film hits, we have something to make that's similar to I think, it. I think that's kind of it, but I don't think they've, in fact, they've run out of ideas. They just found a new place to get ideas. Yeah, they're mining, they're mining before, creative people. Before, you be mining novels and then just yeah. buying the rights to those. Now sure. it's comic books where a lot of guys who, I mean, 30 Days a Night was a movie he tried to get made, couldn't do it, made it into a comic book, and then yeah. they just, they came calling like, I mean... Like they'd never heard of it before. But these well, guys are. A, it just. It kind of makes me sick because these guys out there are, are are floating in money. They're just throwing money at things. Like, oh, that's a good money. Oh yeah. Somebody, oh, here's some somebody's, money. Somebody's better. Are you better that they're somebody's throwing money very, or just not throwing bitter. it at yeah, you? Yeah. Well, they throw a little bit at me, but that's the thing. You know, you got and then you've got the place where all the ideas are really being born, and there's no money. You well, know, in comic books, there's no money. So if they throw fifty thousand, well, you'll, you'll shut up. It's the audience, though. I mean, <laughs> oh no, I'll just get louder. <laughs> there's, I mean, you can't, you can't blame. You can afford to. You, yeah, I can buy a speaker. <laughs> you, you can't and blame. The amp. You can't blame the film industry because they've made stuff that people want to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, and comic books so have, have I done. Didn't see. Well, true enough, but that's one person. You're talking about the masses, and that's the difference. Is that, you know. We talk about the horrors and the terror, you know, the 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 simple minds and the uncreative people that are in yeah. movies. But their job is not to come up with something revolutionary, or even intelligent. It's to come up with something that the most amount of people will find interesting and spend nine bucks to go to the theater well, to it's, see. It's to go to the lowest. It's to go safe and to go to the lowest common denominator. Sure. The thing is, is that 
whenever one, you know, you get a good movie that slips through the cracks and actually gets made, and then it's it's suddenly huge because everybody's going finally a movie like this. Everybody's yeah. been yearning for this movie. Blair Witch Project. So then they beat that was a piece of crap. But it was a brilliant marketing. But it was different. And yeah. so you get a lot. Of, you get a lot of these kind of movies, <coughs> and suddenly they make a lot. You know, they're always really cheap to make because it's some guy's special little pet project, and uh, and then it makes you know twice as you know ten, fifteen. But those are, I mean, those are pretty rare compared to... That's just because that's the ones that's been able to slip through. I think if you got more of those... Oh, come on, go watch the Independent Film Channel. There's tons of crap on there that are made for cheap... I, I know, mean, but when I think a lot about of bad movies, when made I think too. about the when the best <laughs> movies were made, I think uh, it's because the studio system went down in flames. And so, in this, the, really, the seventies is when the best movies got 70s made. Seventies were a great but, decade, for and movies. the reason and also it a is terrible decade. For yeah, the, but there was just as much just garbage as much being back churned out. It was out. a great decade for music, but it had yeah, disco. It was yeah, also but a you crap had you finally had exactly. you had crap the good being with made, the bad, and you had you had but you had so many really just. Top quality things well, being made because I mean, it was allowed to be made. The studios that's like had the broken. Forties and fifties, though. I mean, you talk about all the classic films that came out of there, whether it's Casablanca or Citizen Kane or whatever. You might want to talk about, but during that time, there were more movies made than any other time in in history. They were churning them out day after day after day, just well, yeah. and they had no idea. They weren't but, trying to make great films. They were just trying to make films, and they were just churning them out to see what would stick. And right. yeah, there were some that came out that that have been. Able to last the, the test the, of time. The, the spaghetti principle: you throw enough on the wall, and you know eventually it's going to stick. But back stay. then, they were the only game in town, too. Yeah. Well, so true. It's well, a, you know, I, I, the movie audience. Tell you, is a lot bigger. what's 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 bring things back into comic Don't books. Try and control comic. me. Hey, hey, Don't tell you, me what to settle talk down, about. you two. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave's turning green. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> Dave, Dave, smash. Ang Lee standing <laughs> behind him. Um, there are a ton of movies out there that people don't even realize are based on comic books. Uh, I talk to people about history of violence. That uh, was a comic? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Ghost World. Uh, Road to Perdition. Road, Road to, to Perdition. Perdition. Yeah, there there are so many, and, and that's where a lot of these options are coming from. Because I don't know. The only thing I found more boring than Ghost World the movie was Ghost World the comic book, yeah. but that's just Aww. me. Sorry, Sorry. I, I liked Ghost World the movie. I think those. It ran. It ran twenty minutes though. too long. I, li- I liked I, it, it was, more than the comic. Well, who was the, um, who was in that? It was uh, Steve Buscemi and oh, it's, uh, Johansson. Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Real one of her first movies, like, wasn't it? Like, yeah, I think it was like her first mm, yeah. movie that she was really that anybody noticed. She was her. in. Um, oh, geez, she she was in something as a little little kid, and I can't think of one of the. I was just reading an article about her the other day. But, you know, isn't that interesting how much indie comics have started to be mined for for movies? Because, you know, if you look at the two mediums, it, basically comics, as Sin City proved, can be storyboards for movies. It's all there. It's sequential art yeah. and storytelling. It's It's all there. So I see that Hollywood has been able to mine the, the indie comics world they can buy these up as cheap options, and well, and, I think, and they they translate in into movies and movie but scripts it's so those easily. Those movies that you talked about, I mean, can you name any more than that? I mean, there really are the rare exception. I mean, the most of the comic book movies that are getting made is X Men, X Men Two. Well, X-Men V for 3. Vendetta. Um, you had the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, as awful as that was made, but ah, it was geez, still a Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing a long time ago. <laughs> the video. Um, 
But I think I think the you know the the independent comic stuff is attractive to these people because. And I think cheap. we talked. Well, cheap <laughs> cheapness is one thing. There's not a licensing deal that, that you know they don't have to go to Marvel or DC. Right. I I know why. But the I, other I know thing why is it's appealing. They, they, they don't have to. Well, they also don't have to stay that loyal to the subject matter because. Yeah, the fan base. The fan they base don't out. have to attach the stigma of saying this is a comic book. And they sure. don't. And they and don't. That's why when, nobody realizes that those movies were comic. When books. Road to Perdition came out, when History of Violence came out. Not once did I ever hear outside of the comics world mm-hmm. that, based on the graphic novel, it, none of that it's was like there. They're, it's like they're, yeah, and that drives me crazy because it's like they're ashamed of it. And everybody Absolutely still, they're ashamed of it. Yeah, and, everybody, and, that's, and then everybody still thinks, well, comic books can only be superhero stuff. And I love superhero comics, but you want, I, you know, I want the world at large to know that Road to Perdition was a comic. Mm-hmm. That history of violence was a comic, you know. That that these are the kind of stories that we're telling in comic books too. But you they, know, nobody wants to admit it when you they know, make this. Robert movie. Rodriguez was just adamant about making sure that Frank Miller's name was on that movie. It was Frank Miller's Sin City, and I think from the Wayman fan out there, they, well, he couldn't get Frank to do it otherwise. <laughs> um, is that how? I, well, no. He, I mean, he was no, very. I don't think, yeah, I don't he think had been, he had been, he had been trying to get Sin City made for quite a while, and Frank Miller had no interest in doing it until he finally flew him down to Austin, I think, or San Antonio, wherever he's at. Down in Texas. Got him a couple hookers. down in Texas, <laughs> and and showed <laughs> him what he ball. was doing with the green screens He'd and everything. Good. And showed him how <laughs> how faithful to the book he could be, mm-hmm. and then once they started working on it together, um, I, I mean I don't think there was any ever que- ever any question that it was going to be Frank Miller's Sin City. Well, but, uh, Robert Rodriguez actually, but he co-directed dro- it yeah. with him. He put him as a yeah. co-director, and he had to drop. Rodriguez had to drop out of the uh, uh, director's guild yeah, because, because of that, yeah, because you of the know, co-direction. But but my point is that I think it was very apparent to people that. You know, because Rodriguez put Frank Miller's name on it, made sure that everyone knew that this is based on Frank's work, which was so amazing. Most people realized that it was based on graphic novels, yeah. and which is funny because you know they never said comic books, and since it came out as a comic book first, not as right. a graphic yeah. novel. Um, but I think for the Wayman fan, they see that as the highest form of art for comics now. The graphic novel, yeah. Because it wasn't because it wasn't a superhero movie. But you look at something like Road to Perdition, they would never associate that with a graphic novel because the general public still thinks of comics as the genre of well, superheroes. Well, why should they though? I mean, what is their basis? Why would they want to? Why I mean, would, they've paid for they've paid the licensing. They've bought the property. They have no, I mean, they have because no it would make me it, happy. Well, that's all. That's <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, you're, you're you're just saying you want you want people to know that it's based on a comic book, so you yeah. don't feel bad about reading comics. Well, yeah, the problem is, is that I their mean, fan base is wow. You picking so on the art? Well, no, I'm just. What's the point? I mean, you can't blame. I mean, a movie studio. Oh why sure, would sure. They, there's there's part of me that wants uh, people to accept the medium as something <laughs> beyond capes and cows. I love capes yeah. and cows too. Yeah, I'm right there. But I want people to see it as a true American art form, which is what it is. And I always saw movies. Why do you care? You know, I'm caring less and less all the time. <laughs> well, I don't, wouldn't, it help, wouldn't it help the industry that we love? I mean, wouldn't more people get into comics, want to read No, comics? I don't think wouldn't I don't think more people are going to read don't comics like the man, if you, you called them something else, if you called them something other than comic books, if you tried to get, you know, I mean, 
I don't think you. I think the only thing that will ever change that is time, and good quality stuff. As long as there is, uh, as long as you can go to a comic book store and pick out any, you know, any comic off the rack that is the worst example of comic book making, so people will, people will never ever. Well, whatever it may be, people are never going. You to are ex- It's never going to be bag. accepted again as a mass media medium, like it was in the you know in the forties and fifties, just because. There are too many things that people, you know, there, there's too much competition for it, one. Well, but I just, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to help by, I mean, I understand the point. I understand trying to, you know, wanting it, the association so that, once again, it, but I think it just comes down to our own egos of, like, we want people to not think we're nerds because we read well, comics. Maybe, well, I don't but, really, you know, I don't care. But there are people that I talk, you know, they're like friends and family members where I go, well, you know, there's all sorts of stories being told in comics, and I feel like... I feel like they're missing it, you know, like they're missing out on some of the best stories being told because, oh, it's a comic book and they don't want to read a comic book. But I think the best stories out there are in comic books and they're missing out. They'll, they'll read a regular book because, you know, they like know. to read that. But I would like them to be able to get and read a comic book because... As uh, much as I love comic books, uh-huh. I, to compare them to a medium like, you know, novels... I. I don't think there's any problem with. I mean, they're basically just graphic novels. That's the yeah. whole name of. Them. They wouldn't name it that way. It's an they're, illustrated they're book. Not. I mean, my wife has a book club of all the queer things they have. She has a book club where the girls get together. They pick a book and blah. And I keep trying to get her to pick, um, a, you know, a graphic novel, a Watchmen, a trade, something like that, or something you know less powered up. Um, and she just won't do it because it's a comic book. Sure. Well, I, maybe they're not. Even she stories, has read a few. Yeah. She's read a couple, and she's kind of enjoyed them. And these stories but, aren't lesser stories, just because you know they aren't lesser stories because it's not a novel are, and because it has pictures. These are stories that are just as good as anything that's in a novel, if not easily. better. I've read some novels that. Oh, yeah, there's some certainly there's some thinky. there's some horrible novels even out there, classics. but but on the <laughs> on the Frankenstein average or on the the ratio of between I mean how many how many great comics are have been produced in the last. You know, whatever, 60 years that you can compare with the great works of literature. Well, the great works of books that have come out in the last 60 years? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think there's, I think there's, I think you can uh, compare that. I well, think maybe you can well, compare we're get, that. Well, we're getting on to I an, just think an that's entirely another... different show. <laughs> and, and Sal and I have talked to this at length, and it is another show, and we will talk yeah. about about comics place in literature and I think there are some works are in comics that we 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 we've What's we've the gone topic? we've movies? gone yes movies <laughs> movies yeah Spider-Man 2 is awesome aroundcomics.com your source for discussion news and reviews about your favorite comics and creators new podcasts available every monday go to www.aroundcomics.com so anyway, going off of the film option, have you guys, you know, I know that one of my favorite authors and and two of my favorite comic series have been optioned, and I'll see if you guys know of any others they have, but Greg Rucka's White Out and Queen and Country may be coming to the big screen. And it could be years and years away, but that, there's the Queen and Country there's reference the, for the show. Every show, Ding. Queen and Country. So those, those, those are two that I can't wait to see on the big screen. Yeah. What do you guys think would be great comics that are either currently running or that you've read in the past that would make great movies? Um, who wants to go first? Mr. Wachter. Well, uh, you know, some of the stuff I've been reading now I think would be 
we're in a comic book shop and everyone is looking right. around. Well, I was thinking about <laughs> the, the, the things yourself. that That's what I problem. hear from uh, a lot of people a lot, uh, and and I totally agree with them uh, is that not only movies, but I also have to think of like HBO miniseries and stuff oh, like sure. that. Can I can I group that in then? Because I would um, say something. Yeah, okay. because there's some because uh, of of the format that comics are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just feel like it, it's it, it's very episodic, and yeah, you feel and like you need you need more than an that hour two hour a week window. on yeah. HBO for Gosh. whatever twelve episodes I'll tell you, or something my, like my, that. My one right and now, and you're gonna be, say it. Yeah, it would it'd be it'd be well, there'd be preacher, and then I think some of the books that are that are around right now, which I see as sort of uh, because of preacher, that these other books that are allowed out, but say The Walking Dead. Or why the last, why the last man. man? These would be perfect books for have, for have, a cable miniseries. I have a couple. Well, fables along the same. Lines. Oh yeah, fables. <laughs> fables would be, a great, fa- would be a great movie a or great a TV mo- show. But, I, I think that yeah. would actually work better as a movie than a TV show, but that's me. Global it, frequency. Oh god. Well, that was supposed to be a TV there, show. There was. It was they made a pilot. They made a pilot. You've seen it. Yeah, I got it home. Oh, bring it in. Okay, it's, um, it's actually really, really well done. But when I saw that, I'm like, man, this would would have made a great movie because I don't know if it would have worked as a TV series. Here's the here's the we're telling you what to buy for the week. If you have not picked up the two global frequency trade paperbacks, do yourself a favor, go get them and thoroughly enjoy those. Stop looking around, Dave. They've been sold. <laughs> Sal, I know that you have a lot of opinions on on <laughs> movies and, and on everything. <laughs> On movies and comics, what what is a series that that you can't wait to get optioned? That I can't wait to get optioned. Well, yeah. I think there's a couple out that I would like to see get optioned. I think um, for a TV show, I think Powers would be a phenomenal television show. And I don't even think you'd have to put it on like HBO or Showtime. Mm-hmm. It could be better yeah. if you did. Yeah. But I think you could do it on regular cable television and and you know just as a cop drama with superheroes. I think would be a phenomenal show. Um, on a, a smaller budget, I think something like Local would be a fascinating uh, film. I think you could do that in you know mm-hmm. vignettes almost. Um, geez, I, I, I think lo- American local- Flag is a sci-fi. <coughs> I, was on the sci-fi for, I, was, channel. I was waiting for you. Oh to, man, that well, Bike Club, Howard Jenkins Bike Club would probably. Have be you got, have a you lot got, of his stuff translates well because yeah. he, that would, he, it would be a great. Such this a, would really. Have you guys read movie. Bike Club? Yes. No. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, uh, it, bike Club or Bike Club? Uh, bike Club. Uh, actually, I was listening to Raging Bullets is, is another comic book podcast. It is an all-DC podcast, and they did a review of the entire Bike Club so series. When, so when's Tom moving on to that one? No. <laughs> we, yeah, I have, I just, Tom's under contract. <laughs> not to derail. A nickel a week. I have a, I have a challenge movie for maybe one of the best accurate portrayals of a, of a comic book and it maybe it, well maybe it wasn't a comic it was a comic book second but it was a book first i think but uh the conan films oh. those were comic and those were great i mean the first Sal, movies, the second no, one was that, two, those, just, those just, just answer me this. those were novels first those yeah, were novels were, and then they based made on comics then, yeah, what what is had. what is best in life i mean the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not answering you you know the line yeah, well um <laughs> what other movies um God, there's a lot. I mean, I thought I liked the first Hellboy movie. I'd like to see more Hellboy. Yeah, actually, I did too. Um, yeah, that's actually my wife actually loves comic book movies. Oh yeah, I know she a lot of them. She watches them more than well, I do. Well, it makes it more. It makes it more credible. Fantastic Four. She's watching Hellboy. <laughs> well, it makes she it loves more, Hellboy. She, it, I mean, she, I've seen her watch that more. She loves the Matrix movies that are kind of based in that mm-hmm. comicish world. I'd like to um, see them make a good Daredevil movie. You know, parts <laughs> of it were good though. You know what I think would make a really good film? Maybe yeah, the is credits the bullets. Were awesome. 
is what it's fun. hundred bullets. Oh, now that would make a really uh, interesting that would be a great TV show. Yeah, like an HBO series. HBO show. Both, it, I think, and I you think, can do that I one pretty cheap. You could too. do the first oh, yeah. arc of Hundred Bullets, and it would be a fantastic movie yeah. because you could leave it open ended. But I also think it would be a great with Pelincanos as a writer, and I'd like to. <laughs> I, I would. I would actually like to see Azarillo take take a turn doing screenwriting. Right, writer, fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, George P. Pelincanos. Which now we've talked a little bit about novels. Uh, George Pelicanos is a novelist that has worked in TV. If you've watched The Wire, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, I would definitely suggest uh, checking out his his novel work. Which uh, his first novel was called King Suckerman. He actually wrote a uh, three you part had me at sucker. Uh, King Suckerman is a brilliant, brilliant book. Uh, uh, so so check check that out if you like that whole crime noirish kind of. It's almost a pulp fiction feel to his writing. But uh, you know that that's a guy that's gone from novels is now doing screenwriting for for TV. Or I think he's a producer for The Wire. I just thought of two. He's others, a writer actually. on there. Is he a writer yeah, also? I just, also? I just thought of two others that would probably work really well. But it's hard to say as a movie or like an HBO type show movie. You know that kind of. Uh, DMZ, yeah, uh, would be really really cool. I need to I need Brian Wood stuff. I think. Well, well I, not all of it. Yeah, they'd be good. Super, su- good supermarket would be think, kick-ass. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be good. I think uh, I talked to a couple of guys in LA who were trying to do a pitch for uh, um, demo, uh-huh. and uh, it just sounded awful. They wanted to do yeah. <laughs> they wanted to do. Uh, uh, they were doing a pitch. It was these two writers, and uh, they're not listening now. I'm sure of it. And they're because uh, they're also talking to us. And they're like, oh, get away. What are their names, Dave? Um, <laughs> what do they look Billy like? Billy and Jimmy G. Well, and, uh, what, what was the pitch? The, the pitch is they wanted to do a show. They wanted to pitch it to Sci-Fi because they felt that Sci-Fi Channel needed like a teen ensemble cast show. So they wanted a WB show. They right, basically a WB show. Yeah, that's the way I took it. A WB sci-bi, show, a sci-bi show. But making it, but making demo into that. De- and I wanted to jump across the table and just slap these well, guys. Has silly. everyone here read Demo? Yes. Yes. Did you it's, like it? Yeah, it was. It was okay. Is it Brian it. Wood's best work? It's no. good. I liked it. I like. Is it, it Brian good. Wood's best I don't work? Think it's, it's not my work. favorite of his. Yeah. I I thought it was Brian Wood with Training Wheels. Yeah. I thought it was him. Early yeah. testing yeah. out some things. Yeah, kind of like kind of like the tourist graphic novel. If you read that, it's oh, I'll tell you the movie I want to see. A main early wood. Yeah. I I stand on Brian Wood for ju- for just a second. I love Local and DMZ and Supermarket. They're all brilliant. I thought Demo was very interesting. I thought it was more of a concept work. And for twelve issues, it was it was twelve nicely contained mm-hmm. issues. That was a neat project. Check it out if you want to, but local and DMZ. I liked, well, I liked it a lot. Amazing. It's a, much, it's much the only thing I've seen from him where I've been able to go to the end of it. Everything else, I'm, I'm only like four or five issues into. Yeah. And this one, I was able to see one through twelve. But I the, like but, the fact that it was mm. short little vignette things. Each one was about their own, and none of these characters mix. And they wanted to turn it into some sort of like hip X Men. Yeah. Type Ooh. of thing, and I was like, "Well, these, you know, these were just twelve." Don't they short already had that Generation X, or what is that? Yeah, uh, yeah, Mut- Mutant X, te- unlimited. Mutant, 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 Mutant. It lasted like three episodes or something. No, uh, no, Mu- no. Mutant X is, was Mutant a syndicated X. show. It's been around for like th- no, I guess, was, Should I think it's still on? No, it was no. on a couple of years. I <laughs> yeah, think. yeah, it was for yeah. a while. And yeah. it was just, but I think it was actually produced by the. Well, well, Sal actually had a coherent thought, which we'll come back to here. 
Um, I, was, I completely forgot it. Oh, the movie I wanted, I really, I, I really want to see, like going back, like mainstream uh-huh. stuff. Uh, Green Lantern. I'd love to see a Green that Lantern with the cool. CGI. Alan Scott or Hal Jordan. Um, both. Why not? Throw them both in there. Here, I got one. I don't for, know. I Hal got, Jordan. I, I mean, already do both. I mean, kind of an early. Oh, you got to do Hal Jordan. Got to do Hal. Hal. Absolutely. Hal. Um, you know what would make a really cool animated film or or a, a weekly cartoon? I got an idea. The Goon. The, oh, in like the vein, if you did the goon like in the vein oh, of like the Simpsons so cool. or Family yeah, Guy, where it was could be done knife to the eye. eye. The goon <laughs> could be much much cooler oh. animated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. But but the thing is, the animation would probably be such a letdown after Eric Calzart. Maybe mm. they could do something there if they tried something new <sighs> there. Ma- something they could. I don't know. You what, know what they do? They, they go, go back and do. Can you imagine? I mean, Eric Powell computer animated. Version his his it, art though it's, it's got to be it would have to be it could be, be nah. they, they could I've seen different things ever, done with computers than than just the uh, have you guys you know, seen the, the Toy Story statues? stuff yeah. they could do something they, have, they have you ever seen the 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 know. way back when before um, the Lord of the Rings films they they had done animated versions oh, yeah. of those oh yeah Hobbit and, 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 Hobbit. and Frank Rosetta was involved with those and they were trying they were trying the same guys that well, did what, that, which, like what the second one, one the second yeah. the second because the second the one and the first the, the ro- yeah the rotoscope yeah. you could do something like that but those same guys they developed an animation technology this was back like late seventies early eighties or whatever and they were trying to do. Um, a Frank Frazetta animated film, and they wanted to replicate his art, and they actually came pretty darn close. It was really? like it was like it was like rotoscope, but it was what it was much more animated. You know, I mean, it, it looked much more like drawings, and they were really trying to to capture his style of artwork. And I can't remember what the film. It was like it might have been Death Dealer, or I don't remember. But it was. And they never made it. They never made the film. But I saw some video of the the animation. It was pretty cool. And if, if you could kind of do that with. Well, well, speaking of of animation and like anime, and I know that you were. You know that you. I know that you're a fan of this. But what do you think about uh, girls? I can't talk about girls. The last time I did, I got reamed out by. Uh, but you liked it. Yeah, who, I like who, who did you get reamed out um, by? I can't think of her name. She's who a. Did? She's a. She's, oh, a, com- a she's a. I can't beat up girls. <laughs> <laughs> on the, it was on the Warren Ellis board, and I put up a review of girls that I really, you know, I really like that book, and she just came on and you, tore me you know apart. She was much smarter than I am. Naked girls in it, and she just doesn't. Yeah, like well, that was the basic. I mean, she said it was very, you know, misogynistic, misogynistic. and misanthropic. <laughs> I know that's what I like about it. Oh, you well, God. you know, and I really didn't see it that way. But Pull the whatever. legs out from under our chair. I, I could see girls working as a as a sci-fi. Um, you know, would make a really interesting little like. Maybe a short film would be the the exterminators, just like a short, you know, almost like like Tales from the Crypt, you know. If you, you know, that just that would be a great HBO series. What do you guys think about Invincible? As I'm kind of looking I around, was thinking, here. I was thinking that actually a little while ago. We were talking. I don't read it. Break in. Uh, I think that, that would, would be a you very, don't read Invincible. Cool. I have the first hardcover, that, that and is, I read that. I think that I, one would. Oh, you didn't like that? I think that one. You, it's you, read, the first, you said the read, read the first trade. You said first hardcover. I think I bought. Did you get to the part where what his dad does? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I, just, I, just, I, just, I haven't read it. All right. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, I just, I haven't gone back to it. Man, you just, you're missing out a really good book. Hey, I got so much crap. But it, it would be a, um, it would be a very WB-like show, I think. 
All right, well, guys, I tell you what. What's um, what's real things in? Let's uh, get some final thoughts. Uh, Here's a film. One more film. Oh, oh, Captain one, Dingleberry by Rick Remender. Okay, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, another Rick Remender uh, reference. Uh, planetary, actually, I was thinking I, about. Well, yeah, Planetary. Anything by Warren Ellis, basically, is what yeah. it ends up being. Yeah. But oh, planetary, planetary would be awesome. Would be fantastic. Um, you Authority. Know, you know, hey, yeah. what? what do a transmit at one time, didn't they? I think... Yes, I they did. I think I heard like Patrick yeah. Stewart in it, I believe. Yeah, or like I think that, he, yeah. And it all fell well, apart. What? What's? Let's throw a bone or two to our our guest that was not Billy able Zane to, to get. Will you listen to me? Stop I'm, talking. What, you are you? Talking? Yes, you. You, you stop. But is he Jonah talking? Is he talking um, to me? I can't Fear tell. Agent. Fear Agent would be a great sci-fi. I can see the movie. animator. I can see a movie yeah. with Bruce Campbell. Yes, as 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 if he was a little bit younger. Well, actually, he could do him right now. God, that would be perfect casting. No, Eric Bana. Shut up. Bruce Campbell as is that they don't have. God, there's no. You know the sci-fi movies they make these days. Because that's such a nothing like that. A great 19. They could do that 1950s. They tried to do the Tick, remember? Movie. Did you I ever mean, watch the Tick perfect. TV show? Oh, the Tick show? was the tick hilarious. Was the Tick, have you seen the, the live car- action? The yeah. cartoon was great. The live, the live action, action was... It's fantastic. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I didn't with Patrick care for it. <laughs> oh, he could be... Uh, <laughs> he was absolutely... He could Patrick be, Patrick Warburton yeah, could Patrick be... Patrick Warburton could be him, too. He could be... Warburton, who? Buddy. Buddy. Absolutely. Hey, how's it going? You know, Remender has such a good feel for... Fairly contained stories. You look at a Strange Girl, which I think would be a really fun movie. I think yeah. the Hulk would make an excellent film. I think it the Hulk. Did. I think <laughs> the Hulk already did. I think they could make a fantastic movie of the Hulk. And they did. Thank God they did. <sighs> you know, we when, we didn't talk was, of another when film. When was that, that? Which one was that? What? The Hulk. The Hulk meets Daredevil. Which movie was that? Oh, yeah. stop talking. Um, about American know, we, Splendor. Which was oh. a great movie oh, about Harvey P. Harvey Harvey P. That was a great movie. Yeah. You know, oh, I yeah. saw. I saw. Have you guys ever seen the uh, the David Letterman uh, P. Yeah, car they just had that they on, had YouTube. on YouTube. Oh, oh god! Oh god! That cringe. was brutal. Cringe oh. just makes you go, oh my god. Oh, P. P. Carr was such an ass, and Dave is just like, I'm gonna poke this pencil in your eye. If yeah, you they, don't they, I don't think either of them were looking too good in that clip. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. not not at all. But yeah, you know, American Splendor was a very interesting look at not just comic books, but you know, the life of someone involved in comic books. You know, so I I thought that was it was which great. is what his comic actually, book is about, which is good. Yeah, because well, it's just I his think, life, and it had so and it, it had Giamatti. One, yeah, one thing we didn't, we never really uh, yeah, got to was like Giamatti. some of the documentaries they've made on comics, like the R. Crumb. Oh, oh yeah, the Crumb yeah, documentary. Crumb. Which is, you ever seen that? Yeah, no. I've seen. Uh, that. I've watched that like three oh or my four God, times. That thing is fantastic. I, I can't stop watching it because it's, it like yeah. when it gets to his family and stuff, his brother it's, and it's just the most bizarre insane. world ever. And he's an interesting guy, but yeah. I mean, there's some there's and, some and serious Hummel psychological. Like to, oh, I didn't. Not too much. Hey, caramba. Um. I don't know. There's so many films. You know, that could we be made we didn't e- we didn't even talk about the X movies, which is funny. Because Iron X Man's could, coming out. That, Iron you know, Man Ghost Rider's coming out. Long episode, oh, just go, talk about the news. Ghost Rider. I am so scared of that. That, that, that trailer looked great. The yeah, trailer looked cool, but I think we good. saw the best part of the movie. Yeah, well, the motorcycle going up the side of the yeah. building. Yeah, I think and that, the motorcycle itself. I think what, it'd be better if it was not Nicolas Cage. That's the biggest thing that's scared. Come on, I like Nicolas Cage in other films. I love him in like Match. Matchstick Men, but they're that? using yeah. Johnny Blaze. They're using Valley a Girl. washed out, <laughs> a washed out uh, stunt man. You know what I mean? A yeah. guy who'd 
He's evil can evil light. I what mean, scares me about that movie is that I think it's been done for like a year and it's not being released until no, next they, February. They had, I guess they, well, they don't want to fix some, spe- some of the special effects and stuff to make it look better. Well, i tell you, that shot where uh, you've got uh, the motorcycle uh, Going Ghost up Rider the... next to the Old West Ghost Rider. Yeah. I would watch oh, it just fantastic. for that. Yeah. It's probably a three-second clip. Oh, I'll, I'll, sit there I'll go. And that'll be it. <laughs> I, I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm there. I'm there. But I yeah, the, oh, I'll see it. I've there's, seen everything. There's a ton of great movies coming out. So you know, really for a comic fan, it's. I'm gr- waiting for uh, Lost Girls the movie. To oh, come good Alan Lord. Lost Girls. We started with Slash Fiction. You know that's going to happen. Come fiction. on, give me a break. Lost Girls. Lost Girls. What the hell is that? That's, that's the Alan Moore. Alice in Wonderland. Peter Pan. Yeah, that's going to be from. You know, that's going to be a. That's going to be a great. Uh, we'll never see the end of that film. <laughs> That's a, we'll see like the first 15, 20 minutes of it. Everybody will know what the first 15, 20 minutes of that film looks like. No one will know how it ends. You know what could be a beautiful film would be, uh, only because I see it on the wall now, is Kabuki. That, and that could be a really but, cool well, film. That'd be an too. Ang Lee film. That'd be yeah, great. Ang Lee doing Kabuki, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go back to the girls thing. I think girls would actually make a really cool movie. Yeah, go, girls. don't have to is, do the nudity. Is... I think the nudity works for the story. Yeah. I do think the book is moving a little slow, but it's still a great story. Yeah. And that girl that berated Sal. No, no. She, I'm coming for hey, you. Hey, she had her opinion. I, 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 think, I think that was, yeah, I think that kind of She's left. actually like a longtime columnist in comics and pretty well respected, which and we are gonna take I'm her not. Down. <laughs> so we respect you. But well, we're, no, we're respected for respect you. She, she kind of ripped you up. I mean, it's... it's well, I think it worked it, for the story. I, I well, she didn't rip me apart. It really worked, it really it worked for the story. Comics. It is misogynist, yeah. but... It left comics and went into other topics like we do a lot. Okay, well, guys, let's wrap up the Wait, topic. Um, one more. Okay, everyone gets one more last thought on something they they want in <coughs> comic book movies, or they like, or they hate. Uh, Dave Wachter, go. Uh, what was this part again? <laughs> All right, Sal. No, no, no. I just want to say one more thing. Oh, is that uh, for a great television show that would be like a, a cool. Uh, uh, I don't know. Make Fell a television show. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice one. I don't think you could, though. God. Oh, yeah. You you so oh, 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 yeah. It would, yeah, but great. that's a... The, that could be screwed I could up completely so see that. easily. Well, they all could. Well, yeah, yeah true enough. True enough. Too, you're right. I mean, you're, it, it, it could be that's, that's phenomenal. That's a low budget of low budget, that, that needs to, yeah. that needs to be got, so surreal. You got, like, surreal. four streets, a oh, bar, a house... You know who needs to direct that is um um white... Uh, Twin Peaks guy David Lynch David Lynch directing uh, for yo no, come on no, it, if you can rein him like, in it no, needs to be like Lemony Snicket surreal all yeah. I gotta say is Lost Highway Tim Burton is Tim Burton just gonna direct every comic book movie no Lemony Snicket's come on dude I love Lemony Snicket's yeah but it's not the same vein as Fell no but just kind of Fell is David Lynch come on absolutely David Lynch I shouldn't even have mentioned it alright Sal screw that um um I had one and now I completely forgot. Damn it! Go Mark. back. Go to Mark and I'll come back. I, actually, I'm not even a big fan of the comic, but GI Joe would be I, the original. Just go uh, because Joe he's movie. a real American hero. Because he is a real American hero. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I'm <laughs> well, still, the I'm still know. thinking. I just saw a title on him. Um, dead, uh, dead man. I thought. I think that would be kind of a cool um, character that you could do an interesting film about. Mm-hmm. Um, God, and I had a really good one, and now I forgot it. Darn it. I got one now. I got one Okay. Now. I just remembered it. Doc Frankenstein. Oh, I thought about that, that too. That would be a really yeah, that cool... that would be good. That's a cool... Because that, could, well, be, that's that where, could be a two-hour movie. That's where like. Chosky Brothers yeah. are, right? Besides, the movie yep. might come out before the fifth issue does. And <laughs> yeah, no kidding. God, I had a great one, and I can't think of it now. Did it involve, um... 
No. Liquor. Maybe. Okay. Um, All right. Did it involve... I, my final thoughts are, I like movies. Did it involve, I, it, it's, did it's, it involve it's, Smurfs or Care Bears? I like comics. <sighs> we didn't actually do final thoughts. No, uh, we didn't Chris, actually. We're just naming I mean, stuff, Mr. Geez. This is what we're doing. Give me your final thoughts. Well, my Mr. final controller. thoughts are Dave's insane for liking the Hulk. <laughs> um, I hope Mark gets a uh, She-Hulk movie made for him. Um, God, yes. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know what, like I said, even the worst of the superhero movies that are being made today, I'll still watch uh, because there's just something about them. You know, just, and for me, personally, it's, uh, you know, it's a dream come true to see all these characters up there on the screens because it melds the two biggest, you know, loves of my, you know, films and, and comic books, so. I have to say that it's the same thing. I just love seeing all these great movies being made whether they're crappy or not i still enjoy all of them i still go see them all it's really cool to see even badly done ones like daredevil um i still enjoyed it to some degree i mean you liked it or you didn't like it i did like it i didn't say it was i didn't say it was fucking horrible like better than i didn't say it was better i didn't say it was worse than the hulk i just said it was it wasn't great but I even but even parts of the Hulk, I really enjoyed parts of the Hulk. Yeah, you know, there's when he was parts, throwing tanks I, around. When I go see a movie based on Hulkin. comics, I just go in looking for some entertainment. Just like I do when I walk into the comic shop and look at the wall. I look for a book that looks entertaining for a couple of minutes. I look for a movie that looks entertaining. You thought about and it. And I really enjoy it. Shazam. Oh, that would oh, be cool. I want Shazam a good would be. Shazam movie. They're making that. Are they? Yeah. Good. With Billy Batts and no, Ms. Didn't, Hulk no, didn't you hear their... Well, that's right. They didn't announce they were making yes, Shazam. they haven't announced yeah. who it's going to be. The Rock. Is it, Oh, really? No, oh, I don't know, but oh, I think it's Black Adam. Oh, here, here's, here's one of mine. He would be a have, good Black Adam. Dave, Dave, have you read White Out by Greg Rucka? No. Amazing. It's a FBI agent in Antarctica, but you've watched Battlestar Galactica, the new one. Yes. Um, I finally the, did think of the one. Starbuck, the guy who plays Starbuck. Yeah. Yes. That's who Greg Rucka really wants to play. Yeah, she would be perfect, wouldn't that, she? Yes. And I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. I'd definitely go see a Queen and Country film. Or even a TV it's show. Two, it's two, yeah. Only one you know? Queen Country well, mention per episode. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was like I did, that was like hey, a book. It was hey, like book. I did finally think of the. Uh, well, uh-huh. I think I don't know if you could do it in a TV show. It almost. It would, I mean, in a movie, maybe a TV show, but Black Hole. Oh, not that I mean the that Disney would be film. A, I saw no, that movie. No, not the robots. That one. Or I think Oh, that is being done. What am I thinking about? It is Gaiman, being done. Gaiman's right in the the screen. Yeah, you just for pay that. attention to your own news, perhaps. Not, it might not be really. Just black hole. Cut paste. Cut. Hey, dude, I see part. it every day. All right, my These final are the thoughts. Final thoughts ever. Thank you, Rick Remender. We're sorry that we were technically unable to talk to you, and God, I miss Tom. Can we start singing and now? Thanks. What, we're not Thanks good enough what for am I, you? Tom, liver? come back to us. Screw Tom Caters. All right, we love movies. We love comics. We are around Ooh, comics. Tom Caters. And now it's time to move over to the news desk. It is time for Wire to Wire Comic News. Yeah! These are your top headlines for the week of May 29th, 2006. Dynamite Entertainment proudly announced that they are including a third John Romita Jr. cover on the upcoming Red Sonja number 12, the issue which features the return of Cool and Gath as Sonja's greatest nemesis. In addition to the previously announced Jim Lee and George Perez covers, a third cover will be available in equal rotation, featuring the pairing of John Romita Jr. and John Romita Sr. In homage to John Romita Jr.'s classic cover depicting Cool and Gath on the cover 
cover of Uncanny X-Men number 190. The piece, penciled by Junior and inked by Senior, now features Gath and Red Sonia in the famous pose. Image Comics announced that Diamond has completely sold out of Fear Agent number 4 by Rick Remender, Tony Moore, Mike Manley, and Lee Lorridge. A specially priced trade paperback collecting Fear Agent number 1 through 4 has already been scheduled and will be in stores on June 21st. Created by Rick Remender and Tony Moore, Fear Agent is the story of down-and-out alien exterminator Heath Houston, who stumbles upon an extraterrestrial plot to commit genocide on humanity. Meanwhile, he is forced to choose between the bottle and resuming his role as Peacemaker, as the last Fear Agent. With Godland nearing its first anniversary, and Joe Casey and Tom Scioli's Cosmic Superhero series continuing to attract rave reviews, Image Comics has announced a trade paperback collecting Godland 7-12 through 12 that will hit shelves in late July. Written by Casey with art by Scioli, Godland has received increasing critical acclaim following the release of Godland Volume 1 in January. Godland Volume 2, Another Sunny Delight, is a 160-page trade paperback with a cover price of $14.95 and is available for order in the May issue of Previews with an in-store date of July 26th. Alvin Schwartz and Harvey Kurtzman have been selected to receive the 2006 Bill Finger Award for Excellence in Comic Book Writing. The choice was made unanimously by a Blue Ribbon Committee chaired by writer and historian Mark Evanier. The Bill Finger Award was instituted last year under the supervision of comic book legend Jerry Robinson. Among Swartz's many enduring contributions to the Superman mythology, he wrote the first tale of Bizarro, a character who became a part of popular culture. Swartz also worked on Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, and many more DC properties before departing the field of comics in 1958. Kurtzman distinguished himself as the editor-slash-creator of Mad Magazine and the author of its classic early issues, and with War Comics as the editor-slash-writer of Two-Fisted Tales and Frontline Combat. The awards will be presented during the Eisner Awards ceremony at this summer's Comic-Con on Friday, July 21st. Organizers of the New York Comic Con, which had its debut at New York City's Jacob K. Javits Center in February of this year, have announced that the show will double in size and will move to an upstairs location at the Javits Center for 2007. The New York Comic Con garnered considerable attention when it was launched this year. Legions of fans numbering over 33,000 supporters turned out for the show. This year, the New York Comic Con will take place on February 23rd, 24th, and 25th. The New York Comic Con has been scheduled so as to not overlap with any other show dates, including Megacon. Tickets for the New York Comic Con will go on sale on August 1st at www.nycomiccon.com. Marvel Entertainment Inc. announced that the company has entered into a new agreement with Avi Arid to independently produce films for Marvel under his own production company banner, Avi Arid Productions. In this new capacity, Mr. Arid will remain actively involved in Marvel's upcoming film slate, including Iron Man and the Hulk, the first two films anticipated to be financed and produced by Marvel under its new film financing slate. 
Mr. Arid will also remain attached to produce various licensed productions, including the upcoming Spider-Man 3, scheduled for release next year. Consistent with this restructuring, Mr. Arid is resigning from his corporate positions as Chairman and CEO of Marvel Studios, Chief Creative Officer of Marvel, and as a Marvel Director, but he will continue to serve as Creative Advisor for Marvel through the remainder of 2006. On Saturday, May 27th, Alex Toth passed away at the age of 77. Alex Toth was best known for his work at Hanna-Barbera in the 1960s and 70s. Mr. Toth was responsible for many of their character creations, Space Ghost and Super Friends being among them. His son Eric said that he passed away while at his drawing table. Love and Rockets 25th Anniversary after reading early issues of the scathing news and critical publication, The Comics Journal, back in 1981, two Mexican-American brothers decided to send their self-published comic book to the magazine for review, figuring, or so the legend goes, that if they could take criticism from The Comics Journal, they could take it from anybody. Turns out the journal liked that first issue so much that they and Fantagraphics publisher Gary Groth offered to publish the first issue of Jamie and Gilbert Hernandez comic book Love and Rockets and in the process changed American cartooning forever. Now in time for the series 25th anniversary and a new generation of readers, Fantagraphics has announced plans to republish the entire 15-volume Love and Rockets trade paper backlist, reformatted into seven manga-sized volumes, beginning in January of 2007. The new books, 1495 each, will split the stories of Jamie and Gilbert into separate books. These have been your top headlines for the week of May 29th, 2006. For the full version of these and other stories, please go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. And those are your top headlines for the week. Uh, let's go ahead and start at the top. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment is going to be releasing a John Romita Jr., John Romita Sr. variant cover for Red Sonja number 12. Uh, you guys... Uh, and? <laughs> well, wh what is interesting about this beyond the normal variant covers is that it's it's basically a, a retake on an earlier John Romita Jr. Uncanny X-Men, which was from number 190. It's a classic cover if you if you dug that era of X-Men. What's the, uh, the villain again? Coolin Goth. Coolin Goth, yeah. The, he redoes, because Coolin Goth was in that, he was in a arc, I guess you would call it, at that time of, of X-Men, mm -hmm. 190 to... Yeah. It was a pretty good one, actually. I yeah, it was. Story. But now that he's he's back and... In a, Red Sonja. In Red Sonja, and yeah, the, he, he basically redoes that cover for uh, for, for a variant. And, and it's cool. You, you check it out at AroundComics.com, and, and it actually does a side-by-side -side comparison, and, you know, Kuhn Goth is in, in the same pose, and... And uh, you know Red Sonja's you know laying down on the on the ground. So yeah, what what I did like about this as a variant cover is that it is in equal rotation. Which you know I I know that there are folks out there that do the chase covers that try and find the one in ten or the one in twenty 
35 covers. But what I like about this is that it is going to be, you know, one third of all the covers out there. They they do that every month, though. They have it's usually three to four covers for every Red Sonia, equal numbers mm-hmm. every month. So I mean, it's not a, that's not a new thing for them. Well, they they've been they doing only that do a from couple the beginning. Of, yeah, yeah, and they only do a couple of variants right it, now. Is Mike Oming still writing that? Um, yeah. It, it, honestly, Red Sonia is not a character that really interests me. I know that Sal is more of a you know the Conan type and and Red Sonia, but that that character is not one that that I seek out that much. I don't seek out Conan either, actually. Yeah. It's okay. I can read an issue here or there. And... I read the first um, I don't know how many issues of of the new Conan, and I liked it a lot. But I just... is that when Busick was writing it? <coughs> no, it was. Um, he's writing it now. I no, actually, Busick's been off for about, what, five months now? Has he? Yeah. I haven't noticed. I don't, again, I don't read the damn book. <laughs> Maybe it was when he was yeah, doing I, I don't B- remember. Busick started and I liked it, it was very good. I've just read so much Conan stuff in my life. I mean, from the books to the... Ma- I used to get the you know the big oversized Conan and Crawl, the Conqueror magazines and everything. And, uh, that was I just, Crawl. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, you're right. Crawl was, was, was that horrible movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah, of bad yeah. movies, they're all Crawl. Crawl. I actually like Crawl almost more than I did Conan, but... But wasn't that the guy that played Hercules? Well, didn't he do Cult? I don't. I don't know. I don't think okay. so. Well, I don't think so. That was. We're, we're way off. Topic. The TV but it's very the, good. I just, yeah. like I said, I think I've just read so much Conan stuff that I, it's just not something I'm looking for anymore. Well, sword, uh, sword's a sword. Yeah. Uh, n- next story. You know, our it's really a bummer because our our, our guest tonight that uh, that we really wanted to have on and, and, and weren't able to, uh, we have a Rick Remender story, and that is that. Uh, Fear Agent number four completely sold out. Uh, hope you you have it out there. I uh, don't uh, I don't see that they had any plans to reprint it, even though I'm sure that they probably. I'm sure will. they'll bring out some variant covers to sucker some more people. Probably. <laughs> um, they they do have the the trade paperback, which will include that issue. Uh, looks like a they say a specially priced trade paperback for issues one through four. I would I would assume uh, Image actually announced a lot of trades that were coming in, out, and I think their special price is nine ninety nine. So a lot of them do that though. So is uh, Y. Mm-hmm. I think the first trade. It's a great price for a there's, trade. Yeah, there's though. a lot of trades that are nine ninety nine. I think I'll, all the I'll, all the Teen Titans trades are nine ninety nine. I'll drop ten bucks on a trade for. Yeah, I think just that should be that should anything. be the uniform price for trades. Ten yeah. bucks. Yeah. I hate when they're nineteen ninety nine. It's like it hurts. Yeah, it's six <laughs> issues. Yeah, it's usually, and the, it's, you know, no, it's usually for the books that are a lot like Squadron Supreme. I think it's like twenty four ninety five. <sighs> but uh, V for Vendetta, which was ten issues. The Preacher one. Watchmen they all was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think yeah. the Preacher ones are fifteen. But, uh, Some of them are a little books. more expensive. Yeah. Big yeah. books. Yeah. But, big books, but, lots of death. But coming back, you know, Fear Agent sold out. Fantastic. If you haven't picked that up, if you like sci fi, if you like action adventure, if you like humor, two fisted men of action, two fisted man of As action, we're telling so you what to read. We are t- and telling you how to spend your money. Um, pick up Fear Agent. It is just one of the funnest books out there right now. Uh, Tony Moore art. How can you go wrong? And I don't know if he's going to be on the series much longer. I heard that he's actually moving on. Well, they had planned that from the beginning. Yeah. To Does he stay on anything for too long? He's like uh, a nomad, for God's sake. Y- you know, that's okay. I-, I don't mind that because he's on Exterminators. I know he won't be on that you know, for much longer. much longer. Uh. But then he'll go on to something else, and I'll pick that up, and I'll love it, and mm. it'll get me into another I book. Ca- I like having... I mean, extended. when an artist sets a tone and a feel for yeah, a book, I wish you would stick and then around. to pick up and leave. Well, has it has it hurt before, ha- for the end of it? Has it hurt Walking Dead? No, but it, then it, then shut up. It, well, it hasn't because the stories <laughs> are so fantastic. But I, I mean, I do have problems with the art now. Is 
I sometimes Did have a hard time telling who's who sometimes. Walking Dead. Well, I mean, because there are a couple of characters that just look uh, similarly like the way this guy draws them. Yeah, you know, and, I, I and, love and, Tony Moore's and art Tony on Moore, Walking Dead. You but could the always story tell. The I wish I could remember who it is that is taking over, and he's pretty pretty darn good for Fear Agent. Yeah, artist himself, well, and I can't actually, think of his name. One of the cool things Adams. is that is that they're no, they're, they're doing uh, they're doing uh, tales of the Fear Agent, which are going to be little like mini stories in the little back vignettes. of Fear Agent. Yeah, little vignettes of when Heath Houston was a a you know. A, a fear agent before he was the last fear agent. So I'm really the looking last. forward to that. And so it's like gonna the, it's gonna be a new a different artist like the for last each one of them. Starfighter. It's gonna be like the dark kind of to- like the Dark Tower series that's coming out. It's like the Golden Ranger. Early, have you ever the Dark Tower series from Stephen King? No. The, oh, yeah, oh I, I thought you were talking about the store. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, it's based on the store. No, that that's been pushed back to way next <laughs> based year. Based on Mark, because you know we started in 1842, and um, <laughs> Mark was a cowboy. Yeah. You hear it's, who's writing Dark Tower? The 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 comic adaptions? No. Peter David. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Why isn't but those were, what I'm saying, the comics are based on early stories of the main uh, character. Yes. Before yes. the book. He's too good. Uh, it's, which is kind of the third novel out of the Dark Tower series, but. Kind of. Yes. Right. Uh, anyway, right. uh, Godland. Uh, they have released the first one, came out in January. Mm-hmm. Big time critical acclaim. It's a book that I have not gotten into. I've had about 18,000 people suggest yeah. it to me. I know One I. Book. It, Dave, you've read it? It is. It's a great book. Yeah. I mean, the art is basically Kirby. You okay. Know? So if you. Ask. No, I wouldn't even say. <laughs> no, that. it looks. He's right. It, it looks. Is, it looks channel like Kirby. It is channel Kirby, Jack Kirby. Channeled through. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's the closest I've seen besides like John Byrne when he does like <coughs> flashbacks and he does yeah. that Kirby because he does mm-hmm. he does it pretty dead on. And it's good. I mean, you know, you can't get Kirby in a monthly series, so you have to get some sort of big thick edition of something that's already been printed. Well, you know, and they're the, good the, stories. Right, writing good stories. on it. Yeah, it is. It's totally cosmic, man. <laughs> well, you know, there's that Jack Kirby book coming out. You know? that the first the first trade was actually called Totally yeah, his daughter, Galactic. His whatever. daughter's uh, Bounty Hunters, Intergalactic Bounty Hunters. Mm-hmm. That's Isn't his Jack, daughter that's writing a, it or Jack something? Kirby title right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Intergalactic Bounty Hunters. Well, we're looking, at, we're looking at Godland Volume 2. Uh, another Sunny Delight is uh, hitting uh, stands on July 26th. So, uh, now, I've is that ta- book, like, uh-huh. I mean, is it sort of... Comedy? Is it a funny book or is it a uh, a little bit? It's more. It's like out there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like totally well, it cosmic. takes a lot of the. It is. It's like totally cosmic, <laughs> man. I mean, it takes a lot of that old kind of Kirby feel to it, but then I think it takes it to a slightly different level. You know, I mean, I've heard the characters good in it are it. like the villains in it are just kind of nuts. If my know? local comic shop carried the trade, I'd probably pick it up. But oh yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Your local online comic <laughs> shop, you mean? <laughs> No, the one that You're he my, goes to every up, Friday. They're my up, internet comic think, shop. Where did you pick up Fear Agent number four? Where was that? Oh, oh right, God, you jokers. Uh, <laughs> Bill Finger Awards. First of all, I think uh, it's great that... Giving him the finger. Well, I think there is a, a, a great that it's the Bill Finger Awards. In case you don't know who Bill Finger is or was. You should. You sh- well... I think he's know. passed away. Yeah, I, I think he is. He we'll is have to run it through Tom in the fact-checking department. And the monkeys. But uh, uh, Bill Finger basically uh, has as much claim to the Batman character mm-hmm. as Bob Kane does. He just didn't sign as good a deal as Bob Kane yeah, did. Exactly. Actually, I have a litho at home from him. A signed litho. So it, I, I think I think it's wonderful that there is a Bill Finger Award that's presented during the, the Eisner Awards. So he needs to be remembered because comics would not be what they are today without Bill Finger. But we're looking at a couple guys here, and that's uh, Alvin Schwartz and Harvey Kurtzman. Uh, first of all, um, Schwartz, 
big in the Superman universe. He's the guy that came up with Bizarro. And you look at the list that uh, uh, that they uh, ha- listed off. It's uh, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. You know, the guy was all over the DC universe. So you know, this is uh, an excellence in comic writing award, and it looks like he was all over the DCU. Uh, now, I think probably for this panel, you know, Schwartz, you, Mark, a yes. fan? Yes? Yes, I am. Okay. It, tell us a little about it. Uh, no, not at all. Okay. <laughs> You're lying, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's uh, now, I, I know that a lot of the folks on this panel, Mad Magazine fans. We, do, can't, we can't all have cheat sheets like Chris. Yeah. That's the problem. Hey, shh. Uh, Harvey Kurtzman, uh, Mad Magazine. He worked in... Tons of war comics. I think he was at EC Comics. So, you know, once again... Uh, Famous the, funnies. Yeah, giants of the industry being recognized. That's exactly how yeah, it you know, should be. Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, like, I think Mad Magazine was probably my first introduction to comics. To sequential art. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I read that stuff before I ever read comic books. I used to buy Mad and Crazy, and then they had Cracked and... Uh, there were a couple other ones, too. And that, and that I mean, was they were true comic books. Oh, yeah, those and those were... Some, funny stuff um back in the day so yeah harvey kurtzman and i know kurtzman you know he and i don't know off the top of my head but i know he helped usher in a lot of big names in artists now you know guys that you would recognize their names now he helped get get them started in in comics and stuff uh the new york comic-con uh after the and we're going to I don't know if we should call it an utter disaster, but the utter disaster that was the New York Comic Con this year. For some, I mean, you know, when you get when you have to turn people away, that's not a disaster for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I guess an utter disaster would have been, you know, Un- unprepared. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three thousand people show up, but it was thirty-three thousand people that got in, and I think it was probably like closer 20, to like, or something yeah, like, like fifty-five thousand yeah, people tried. They're so. like turning away people that were. You know, guests there. And oh yeah, <laughs> I, I heard stories. I think uh, uh, the comic Geek Speak guys were talking about standing in line outside trying to get in, and they were like standing next to like Dan DiDio, <laughs> you know, who like yeah, had. If they walked out, oh yeah, well it, they had the, the 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 fire marshals there and everything. Yeah, they well, were packed, and, so. and I guess the thing was, you know, and and there are a lot of folks that are listening that were probably there or know more about it than we do, but apparently Dave. like all of the panels were across the street and if you went to a panel and left the main convention floor you oh, you, you were out. out yeah you Sorry, were you were done off. so they they're they're moving next year they're moving up to the third floor which is was it was it at the Javits center or where was yeah. it yes Javits, Javits center but the okay. Javits center is kind of like well no it's kind of like the McCormick Plaza here no, in I, Chicago I've been, I've been it's there. segmented yeah and and so it's now i guess the third floor of the Javits center is much larger yeah Okay, that's where I think I was actually. We had a different job I had. We had a and not for there. comic books because it no, had been. It was in, it was God, in, what, it was in the exciting world of framing. Ooh! But it was a huge. It was a pretty huge. So so we so framing gets the third floor, <laughs> and comic books get yeah, yeah. put down in the freaking well, they, basement. Huge money in framing, man. You they, frame, for anybody who's framed a picture will know. And they weren't sure. Framed one, yeah. It's freaking expensive. Oh yeah. It's they, ridiculously expensive. They so, weren't sure if New York could handle a con if they could support a con again. And you like the largest were, city well, in America. Say, yeah. Didn't know if we could actually support one here with the 9.5 right? million people yeah. that live here. And, and like and half the, the comics. million yeah. that live on these outskirts. And half the comics in the, in in the world are 
based in New York. Yeah. And, you know, that New York yeah, Nobody is reads comics. comics. It's, no. like a, it's, York, like a Gurney, it's like a Gurney Mills convention, like 2,000 people show up. That's all they're expecting. Well, anyway, next year the uh, the convention will be on uh, February 23rd, Watch 24th, David and Blaine. 25th. Con- our, uh, con tickets go on sale August 1st, so it's gonna they're going to go on sale Start early. quick so you can be turned away first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for the people that, that bought those VIP passes and got screwed last year. Uh, but you can go to www.nycomic.com. Dot com for more information. Their second year, and they have just made themselves the most expensive comic book convention for exhibitors. Uh, D- Dave, you exhibit a lot. Have you? What? What's it cost to exhibit there? Well, uh, oh, at uh, the New York one. Yeah, twelve fifty uh, and a reach around. More than yeah, more than uh, every other show, even the San Diego or any of the what, what's, World. An, what's the what's the average? Well, let's take an artist alley table, which is like the lowest price thing you can sure. get. Wizard just bumped their price up this year to three hundred dollars, up, up from two fifty, for an yeah. eight foot table, mm-hmm. right? So it's three hundred dollars now for Wizard. For a ten dollar eight foot table, okay. For for uh, for um, New York, it's three fifty, for a six foot table. Okay. Uh, the booth prices are really high too. I don't have the figures in front yeah. of me, but it's like a couple grand just to get the smallest yeah, booth, and they're know. small booths. It's like forty eight <laughs> square feet as opposed to a hundred. Square. It's it's like you know New York prices, six by eight baby. versus ten by ten at any other place. But New York prices, I guess. And then you gotta then you gotta pay for your hotel and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's gonna yeah, be higher. Air so travel. I'm yes. pretty much priced out of that one. So, yeah. Well, you you <laughs> as a small as a small independent uh, make a lot of cons and it's. I, I would like to see them make it a little bit more affordable for for the small press guys. Yeah, me too. Uh, anyway, uh, moving ahead, Marvel uh, Marvel Entertainment Inc. announced that Avi Arad has resigned uh, all of his positions at Marvel, and it looks like uh, he's going into the movie production studio business. So, it looks like uh, I, this is obviously going to be a relationship between Arad and Marvel. And he's starting up a production company, and that's who's going to do Marvel movies. And wow, he's already, a surprise. Yeah, there's a surprise. So, I mean, is this a surprise? Is this going to affect the comics that we buy? Is it going to affect the movies we see? We talked about movies in the first part of the episode. Having Marvel work with Avier Productions, is that going to help the final product? Is it going to matter? Sounds like a tax loop. To me, you yeah, know, it sounds like yeah. it's like you know Marvel. Yeah. Marvel can pay him instead of paying him a salary. They hire him, and then it's tax deductible. Oh, <laughs> you know. Well, I heard that. Uh, I just heard this, but that he was having some sway as to what kind of stories were being told in the comics, so that I they worked s- better with the movies. Sure, that that that's that, that's that. been talked about for years ever yeah. since like what the first X movie, and all you of a sudden they're in black costumes, very similar. So yeah, I would. Well, mind I, I think more did Morrison start that, but mm-hmm. you know it's like you know well we need to start drawing Wolverine more like Hugh Jackman. I read I read an interesting mm-hmm. article on the Superman all of a movie. Went from five foot two to six foot tall. Um, <laughs> they were saying that somebody was maybe it might have been a blogger I don't remember but. Um, they were noticing, like, from the stills from the new Superman movie, they were taking a look at, like, the Daily Planet and what Metropolis looked like, and then they were looking at the new the new issues of action in Superman. and, and like they, they were changing yeah. what the Daily Planet looked like to look more like what was in the movies sure. and stuff. Sure. Well, that, I mean, that's a, a perfect example of the comics changing to fit the movies, but 
you know, once again, the movies really don't try and push reader or push viewers back into, you know, into the comic shops. And yeah. that, that's a shame. I, but, I, you know, I, I, I think that's for sure. I, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, one question is who's going to be the next chairman and CEO of Marvel? Who's going to be the chief creative officer? Oh, I didn't Tom tell you Caters. guys. Oh, congratulations, yeah, I get, man. Yeah, I'm going to be off the show uh, starting <laughs> in about three weeks. I got a new gig. But, at, but Tom uh, said he got that job. Yeah, you know, right? Tom's my dictation machine. Is this going to be is this going to be someone oh, that man. that we as fans have heard of as far as an ind- industry person? You know, or is it they going to bring in someone in from the outside? Gatson. I think maybe I think Jim Shooter's coming back. So they're selling it. They're selling it back on schedule. I, I'd for like once. him. I'd like him to bring James. Uh, Jim, what's his name? Uh, no, Marvel Bash. Jemis. How do you pronounce his name? Jemis. Paul Jemis. Is that his name? Bill Jemis. Bill Jemis. Bill, Bill Jemis. I'd like to bring him back, man. Shake it up a little. There Get things go. crazy. Hey, I like what Marvel. Getting a doing fight right with now. Joe Casada. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure Joe's going to remain as, as 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 EIC. He's um, not EIC. Is he? Yeah, he's in chief. I'm, I thought he changed his title. I thought they changed his title to something else. No, it's he's the ice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Some rose by any. They're all a bunch of suits. Okay, guys. Um, sad news. Uh, Alex Toth passed away. We have been talking about Mr. Toth for the last three weeks now. We recorded last week on Friday night and. Saturday morning, woke up and looked on a couple forums, and it's like, oh man, you know, it's we've been talking about it was this like, guy. Wasn't and like the day after. Yeah, it was we sat- were, you guys recorded. Yeah, it was we, that Saturday morning. Yeah, it was like the day away. after we recorded. And well, we we put in we put in a clip last week that Sal actually uh, I record I, I I came home um I, I saw the news I recorded a small audio bit. And sent it to, to Sal and said, "Hey, can you can you splice this in because I think it's important to mention this since we did talk about Alex Toth during during the show." And he's like, "Oh man, I've already got it posted." So Sal actually pulled it off the servers, re-edited it, reloaded it up, and that uh, for anyone listening out there with the little hiccup on Monday with it being posted a little late was so we could get the news about Alex Toth passing away. So that's why that um, we've talked about him for the last three weeks. Giant in the industry, amazing talent, uh, affected so many of the things that we have seen growing up, whether it's any of the, his Hanna-Barbera work or you know, work on Zorro, X-Men. Um, he worked He worked for Marvel, DC, Dell, EC Comics, uh, Famous Funnies. He did a lot of war comics. He did Zorro. He did Johnny Quest. Somebody did he their did, homework. Um, I, I mean, he, did he didn't a, do his homework. Sal is a huge Alex Toth. Are you a Tothan? Tothhead? Uh, I'm a Tothhead. Yeah. No, I've I've been uh, Zorro was one of my favorite comics oh, when right, I was a the kid. Hispanic hero. Yeah, and um, and I you know Space Ghost was obviously a huge you know I loved Space, Space Ghost as a kid. Ghost. And I, when I found out the two were you know related, connected. Between, yeah, connected yeah. with Al- Alex Toth, I was even more excited about it. But um, yeah, I mean you can look at there's there are. Dozens and dozens of artists in What's the industry the, uh, today. What's the the Andy Park story you told me this week? Oh, um, he had posted on the Bendis board. Uh, it, there was a thread started about uh, Alex's passing, and and he had um, went in there and 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 posted, you know, how sad he was to hear about it, and that you know the stuff he and and Phil Hester does, or what they do together, wouldn't be have been possible if it wasn't for 
for Alex Toth because I mean he was just such a huge influence on them. And then he came back later and uh, and posted a panel from a page he had done in a war comic. I, I think it was for Dell. Um, and it was like a fighter pilot getting off of a jet, and it was only like four panels on a page, and it was just gorgeous. And and he said, yeah, I looked, I posted this, and then I looked at it, and I figured out the math. And he was like 25 years old when he did it. He's like, God, I hate Alex. <laughs> he was just so talented. And, and and a lot of people don't know his work or don't you know haven't read his stuff or seen a lot of his art. But I mean, if you if you like stuff like Michael Lark's work or Phil Hester's work or Alex even Malib, even yeah, Alex uh, Michael Gato, even Frank Miller. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just dozens, probably dozens and dozens and dozens of artists out there that have been influenced by his work. And at the time he was doing it, you know, there wasn't really much of anything like it. You know, that sort of I don't want to say noir because his style wasn't really noir, but it was just simple black Mike and white. Mike Mignola, even Mike Mignola, yeah. I think was influenced by it. But um, he was truly unique. In a lot of what he did, and uh, and a huge presence in comics, and you know, I think anybody that's ever you know seen his stuff would 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 agree with that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one last point on on Alex Toth, and, and we'll <coughs> move on. He died at his drawing table, and I think that is a perfect end. Literally, he, yeah. He, he well, died. He his, died at his drawing table. Uh, on the, at, at the Alex Toth message board, it, it was. Mm-hmm. The, the news was broken by John Hitchcock, the, the mm-hmm. shop owner who put it was releasing that Dear book. Dear Alex Toth. Yeah. Um, he said that Alex's son, or Grant, no, I'm sorry. Oh, it was his son, Eric Toth. Was it his son? Yes. Or, uh, his yes. son, Eric, had sent him a, a message saying that he had died that morning at, at his art table. So. That's, oh, that's, you can't, you can't, I'm sorry, as an artist, you can't go, it can't hey, get any you better. you know, it's, yeah, it's really perfect it's, uh, yeah. poetry for, for a guy like that. So, and, and you know, it's, uh, and, and he I, was drawing, I mean, uh, he had been sick recently and he had, but he had been drawing, you know. How, how old, how old was he? Was he 77? 77. 77. He'd yeah. be 78, like, uh, next month, or this month. Uh, this month, yeah, he was almost yeah. 78. So, uh, rest in peace, uh, Alex Toth. Uh, thank you for your contribution. And, and I say uh, I hope I hope that everybody buys that book because they said the money uh, once they recoup uh, um, everything after the, the financial costs. everything goes mm-hmm. goes to tell his family. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely plan on ordering issues for the store. So yeah. I hope everybody goes out and buys. Yeah, it, so. it's a 1995 pickup. Uh, Dear Ox Toth. It should be um, fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's 25 years of letters and correspondence and doodles and sketches between uh, John Hitchcock and and mm-hmm. Alex Toth. So pick that up. It's 20 bucks and it's 20 bucks well spent on one of the giants of of this industry that we love. So please please pick that up. Um, 25 years uh, of love and rockets is that is that hard to believe well it's harder to believe is that they're and it hasn't been consistent they still don't have a <laughs> they still don't have a damn set of books out that complete everything that yeah. those you know the whole story but they will now no they won't oh it's not it's not <laughs> it's gonna it's, be a love and rocket it's, bus it's I, it's they're republishing uh-huh. the 15 trades oh in a manga in a, set, in a different size in a different more size of a form, and it's still not going to have everything if you're like a completist, if you want, mm-hmm. it's still not Why going to happen. I I don't know because I'd be willing to buy it if it was everything because I I do like Hernandez Brothers. I love the Jesus. Way just release it in an omnibus already. Well, I'm you know, you. well they, they released <laughs> they, listed, they released you know? the two big books, the okay. pa- Palomar and uh, Locas, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. They're oversized hardcover, gorgeous books. 
but they don't have everything in it. And there's a lot of stories left out of them. And so people were like, well, you know, what they were hoping they were going to release, like, that material in a book, mm-hmm. you know, by itself, but they're not. And then Just they're another released... oversized hardcover. No, these aren't, that... these aren't oversized. These are, yeah. these are trades. Yeah. There are 15 trades that are, they're, then they're actually small. They're digest size. They're digest size. Yeah. But it's still, I was reading on the Fanographics board, the editor of it, I can't remember her name, she was saying that it's still not, there's still some stuff that is not going to be in there. It's not a complete, it's close, but so there's still. The, what is the freaking point? I, I don't, because I think. Think think of the format. It's it's the s- the story. No no it's no, the think, story think, that's no, it's told. The format. Think no, of the format. Well no it's the stuff that's not in there mm-hmm. isn't doesn't really fall into the story correctly or it's mm-hmm. it's side story stuff that doesn't and that's what they were trying they were trying to publish like the complete story front to back not the complete work. Okay, well, oh. there's the point. Uh, yeah, okay. so... So that actually makes more sense. But okay. if you go to the Fantra Graphics Board, there's a thread on there, and they actually, like, she she'll act, she actually, like, broke down if you bought... If you have the original issues, if you have, you know, if you have the original trades, if you have the Locust book and the, or the Palomar book, and you're looking to get everything, she kind of gave you a broken breakdown of what you needed to buy to complete everything. Honestly, it's so much stuff. I mean, it's 25 years worth of work. It is so... I, you know, I have the two big books, and... I, you know, it's going to take me years to get through it just because <laughs> they I can't. Tomes. They're huge, and they're you know, and it's but it gorgeous stuff. I mean, you know, their their work is just amazing. And what are, what are they doing these days? They're still um, Love and Rockets comes out once. Love and Rockets, yeah, they're still yeah. working on. I mean, it. but is that what they do? Is that they work on anything else? I, I honestly don't know. I don't okay. know that they're doing any any other comic work. They've been doing it for twenty five years, man. Yeah. Take I a break. I believe they did a porn comic for Eros. Yeah, well, <laughs> which I greatly enjoyed. All right, guys. The first uh, seven pages. That is your news for the week. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're going to move over to uh, uh, our reviews and recommendations. It means it's time for top of the stack. Top, top of the top stack. Of the stack, the stack, the stack. That's right. It's top of the stack. It's our chance to let you, the listener, know what our panel has been reading for the last week or so. I'm going to go ahead and start uh, with my top of the stack this week. I've been alternating from indie to mainstream, it seems like, the last month or so. Uh, This week, I'm going to flip back over to the indie side. I'm going to be talking about Borrowed Time. It is the the first of a limited series. It is written by Neil Schaefer. It is illustrated by Joe Infinari. And it is published by Oni Press, one of my favorite publishers. And this first issue retailed for a hefty $6.95. It is more of a, uh, a digest-sized uh, comic. It is all black and white, which uh, everybody knows that I'm a big fan of the black and white art these days. Uh, this book... You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. I know. Indie snob. <laughs> Indie snob. I, just, I love grayscaling, you know? Um... I don't want to give away a lot of this book. It's a lot of it is, you know, in the story, little twists and turns. Uh, what I will say is that uh, if you like the show Lost, if you like uh, J. Michael Straczynski's brilliant miniseries Midnight Nation, you may want to check this out. Uh, it's basically centered 
around a, a writer that is doing a story on the Bermuda Triangle. And as in every comic book, whenever someone goes to the Bermuda Triangle, they disappear. And that is exactly what happens in this book. But what happens after he disappears is where the real story picks up. And it is a story about uh, getting lost, trying to find your way back home. And it sets up a uh, what appears to be a very interesting story about one man's uh, adventure to get back to the woman that he loves. It's a very basic story in that that is his main driving force. He has no other ambition except to get back to his soon-to-be wife. Um, Borrowed Time, I liked it. I didn't think it was the greatest book in the world, but it's just the first issue, and it hooked me enough that I'm going to stick along for the ride. So if you like the uh, the lost Midnight Nation type story, check out Borrowed Time. Don't let that $7 uh, uh, price tag scare you off too much. I thought it was worth it. So that so, is my top of the story. So really it was your almost top of the stack. Uh, you know, honestly, this was a real tough week for me top of the stack wise uh besides work being insanely busy and me not being able to read a whole lot of comics uh, that I, I finally just about plowed through black hole which is is not top of the stack material it is entire episode material uh i read a lot of mainstream stuff i read uh, ultimate fantastic four this week which starts the new frightful four which was pretty good which was really good um local came out which i've done before uh, the end of Ultimate Extinction came out this week, which I thought was a nice uh, a nice finish to to that. Maybe you know maybe a little hurried, but uh, yeah, I, I like the end of that too. Though. Um, that and there's there's a, a few indie books that are out there that I honestly haven't had a chance to uh, uh, to check out yet. I know Loaded Bible is one of them, and there's a couple people on the panel that have uh, been real interested about doing that one as a top of the stack. There's uh, what's the uh, the new one by uh, Sam Keith that came out? Oh, My Inner Bimbo. At which I've had uh, a, a couple friends tell me which, is really cool. So that's maybe future which, which top actually, of the stack it, well, it did sell, For us, it actually did sell out. So. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, speaking, of, speaking of selling out or actually selling speaking well. Speaking of bimbos. Speaking of bimbos, uh, Matt Fraction's new trade, Five Fist of Science, Five Fist has of sold Science. really well. Here. Actually, actually, we sold out because I am buying the last copy. And <laughs> how many how many copies? Well, I never got to read. We uh, just about ten copies, basically, which for a thirteen dollar even for a thirteen dollar trade, is surprisingly good. I mean, usually we get about that many for things like Fables or Why the Last Man, and and I'm used to those selling out pretty quickly. But I'm not used to a book with a creator that's not really that well known yet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's about to do a couple of big books: one for Image, one for Marvel. Yeah, um, and an artist that really nobody's heard of either. For the most part, how did you like the art in that? I liked book? it actually. It worked well for the book. Yeah. I and mean, I flipped. I mean, I just flipped through. Like I said, I haven't read it yet, um, but I flipped through it. I did start reading it right before you guys were setting up for the well, show. I, I picked up. I, uh, I, I thought the art was really working for that yeah. the type. Of oh, book oh, for that for that period piece, yeah. absolutely. I, I picked up Last of the Independence and uh, Five Fist of Science this week. Mm -hmm. So this weekend is going to be a Fraction Fest. So those are those are the two that, that I'm going to be checking out this week. So anyway, uh, it was my top of the stack, and uh, Dave has something really interesting looking. So Dave, what is your top of the stack? Yes, my top of the stack is uh, came out a couple weeks ago. Will I 
Eisner's John Law Detective. And the storyline here is called Angels and Ashes, Devils and Dust. And it's part one of a four-part story by uh, Gary uh, Chandler. Uh, or Challenger. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But he is the writer and illustrator. Uh, he does it all. And... Uh, Basically, what this is, to, to put a little history into it, is that Eisner created this character, John Law, and his psychic, uh, Newbin. Actually, he created Newbin first, and then John Law was his friend, and then he switched them. And so Newbin became the friend of John Law, detective, and uh, created in 1948. Uh, this was one of his uh, early stories, uh, self-published stories, and he couldn't get it off the ground because of a failure of a couple of things before that. In 1950, he actually took the original, a lot of the original story, and it, be, it transformed it uh, into uh, the spirit. Uh, then again, and then finally in 1983, the original Eisner uh, John Law stories were published by Eclipse Comics. Uh, but this one is now, this is an all-new story. Uh, Channeling, he has uh, Channeler. Uh, did uh, some John Law a few years back, and. Uh, uh, I think that's all collected, and now this is a new one. Basically, uh, to give you a little bit on the story, uh, it starts out, this is the beginning of the story, Wherever men live, be they nomads or city dwellers, there they must have a law and a man to enforce it who is strong, <coughs> decent, and believes in the rules he defends. Such a man is John Law, detective. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dun, dun, exactly. I mean, this is a perfect, a perfect noir uh, a, a noir book if you're in a noir at all basically a mysterious vixen walks through the door her husband who's a crooked landlord is missing his building is burned down under mysterious circumstances and all the tenants died within and it's it's classic noir it's black and it's black and white with those beautiful gray scales that Chris will love and it's done in much <laughs> Andy of the, snob <laughs> yeah, I mean Andy snob but it's also done in that Eisner style you can really it's almost like um, it's so Eisner influenced that if you like Will Eisner's work I mean you're gonna love this too that that one scene I, I don't know if it's like the third or fourth page where he's looking out the window oh it's yeah that that's just gorgeous yeah. the way that the the whole the book is like it, that. yeah it's so such a gorgeous book and going on the story because I, I read that I read it last week and and you know what I liked about it you were saying it is really classic a classic mm -hmm. crime noir story and it's not it's not a like a newer Noir. I mean, it really right. has that it's, feel it's, of it's a time, it's a period piece. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it looks like it takes place in the forties. And and it really did have that there. that that classic uh, noir film yeah. feel to it. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a classic noir tale. It's cloaked in shadows and shades of gray, and it's really what noir was was the the darker side of a simpler time. Yeah, and you uh, you're not even talking just about the art either. The story, the characters oh, yeah. themselves it's, it's, are. Yeah, it's uh, exactly all the are the all the arch, archetypes of the characters are there, um, but it really I think it, uh, it uh, the best noir transcends mm -hmm. noir, you know, because noir is of um, is of a how time. Many how many times can we say noir? <laughs> noir, noir, and it noir when it no, noirs. No, but you're absolutely right. It, yeah, it, it, I mean it's just it's a classic story. It's yeah. the type of thing that that um, you know it's hard boiled and tragic, but it's it's also mixed with enough. Uh, a heart and, a, mm -hmm. and just you know just enough humor that it makes it universally appealing and even if i mean if you like noir if you like double indemnity or the third man or any of those raymond chandler or any of those old 
movies, you'll love this, but you don't have to. You can, you know, if you just love a great detective story or just a great character-driven story. And um, there's also, I mean, it's got, you know, it's it's mobsters, movie stars, and um, and uh, monsters, monsters, mobsters, movie stars. It's got what them all. What else do you need? Yeah, um, it's got. There's also a short story. Um, uh, called uh, a Family Concern, which is a short story uh, centered around his sidekick Nubin, mm. the shoeshine boy. <laughs> and basically that is, is that Christmas Eve, Nubin is left alone <coughs> to protect the ailing John Law, who's sick from appendicitis, and he must protect him from the gangsters who aim to take advantage of his vulnerable circumstances. <laughs> so I, I love how uh, Nubin, you know, it's like he's this little kid who, you know, he's a shoeshine boy, and, and John Law's like, I don't know, you know, he just like lives on the streets. Yeah. He doesn't know who where he's from or where he came from or anything. Right. You know, he's just and like he's this, this little kid. kid who know who like he has like the inside track. Right. On yeah. Everything. Yeah. He's got. It's like, know. hey, I got some info for you, John Law. <laughs> he's like, whatever, kid, whatever. Yeah, get I'll get to me. you later. You and then me, later kid. he finds out, oh, the kid knew it all yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. like that at all times. I mean, it's perfect. It, you know, and it's that kind of thing. You know, it's it's uh it's just great storytelling too. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's heartfelt and it's uh. And, and, and it's got everything. The art was was very Eisner esque, but not you know it wasn't it's not exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, exactly it's his own, it's, it's his own it. style, yeah. but you can definitely see the the influence and mm-hmm. not even influence, but like homage to you yeah. know to to Will Eisner stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. But, uh, I will check that and out. That's a, yeah, that's a oh, it's uh, published by IDW. Oh, and you can go good for them. yeah. Go online too and check it out because it was actually uh, a all the original stuff uh-huh. that uh, uh, um, he did in the previous stuff was done as a web comic first. A lot of this book is also in a web comic form uh, that you can see, and it, that's at johnlaw.us.com. Great, and we love stuff that IDW puts out. Yeah, sure. Right. Very good publisher, uh, Mr. Salazar. What yes. is your top of the stack? Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing one that I think. Because Tom's not here, I'm doing a book that I think Tom would really like. I know monkeys! he actually, I know monkeys! he like. That's right. This I'm is like, uh, monkeys. Shadow Pact number one, uh, which has actually two monkeys. There's a, a monkey. chimp. There's a chimp on the cover. That's the chimp detective, and then there's a monkey, a gorilla later on. But that's an ape. Yes, that's an ape. Um, an adult monkey. Shadow Pact number one uh, from DC Comics. It is. Um, written and drawn by Bill Willingham of uh, Fables fame. I didn't know he was an artist. I've always liked his his storytelling, but I wasn't aware he was an artist, and I was actually very impressed by the art in it. Um, it's uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of um, oh, who's the guy who's doing uh, All Star Superman? Uh, uh, quietly, like Frank. Frank quietly. It reminds me a little bit of Quietly stuff. Um, I just liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But anyway, um, basically this story takes off after Days of Vengeance, or Day of Vengeance, the Day of Vengeance mini. Um, and it starts out immediately uh, sort of after that. Um, and the the beginning is really funny. It's um, uh, the Phantom Stranger is called by Superman. Superman is flying over this town, and he, he sees this giant red bubble um, that's encompasses this entire town and he flies down to check it out and his vision his x-ray vision can't get through it his heat vision can't get through it he can't punch through it so he calls in some help and he calls in the green lantern he figures well you know maybe he can figure something out and the green lantern comes and he can't do anything either so the phantom stranger just pops up out of nowhere which he well that's sort of his shtick 
And um, uh, and the Phantom Stranger goes, well, you know, stand back, guys. I'm going to call in a group that, you know, only these guys can handle uh, this dilemma. And he calls in Shadow Pact, which, if you read The Day of Vengeance, is the ragtab group of, uh, of magically uh, sort of connected characters that includes the Blue Devil and uh, the Chimp Detective and uh, I can't think of some of the other characters. But anyway... Uh, so they come to check it out, and they they are able to um, create a doorway. The Phantom Stranger is able to create a doorway into this thing, and, and they all go inside. And then they disappear. And they're gone for the entire uh, one year later. Now, nobody talks about that. They haven't, you know, it's all been Batman, Superman, and, and uh, Wonder Woman is the big deal that those three characters are gone for a year. Who? Yeah. Oh. Well, Shadow Pact has been missing for a year also, and it's I a think grave that's the concern. much bigger story. I think so too. Personally, you know, whenever a chimp detective is missing, it's bound to be no good. But so they're gone for a year, and then uh, it starts up after that year, basically, and and starts telling you kind of what's going on during that year um, as the the Shadow Pact group is investigating what's going on, and and it turns out it's a group of of supervillains who have taken over this town, magical supervillains. Um, Sister Shadow and Ragman and a bunch love, of other love Ragman. Yeah, and um, and a bunch of other supervillains have taken over the town, and uh, and that's where it goes from there. And and then madness ensues. And, and but it was just uh, um, if you like the Day of Vengeance mini, which I really liked a lot, because the whole magical element in the DC universe, you know, sometimes it, it hasn't been explored all that much. And Bill Willingham, sort of the perfect writer to uh, to explore that because he seems to really love you know mythology and magic and and that you know mystical world of fantasy so and he's able His to stuff on elementals still so oh cool. yeah, yeah. That, that's why i couldn't understand why you said you never knew that he drew i didn't know he did he draw uh draw uh justice machine too did he do that he did the first appearance well it was the first appearance of the elementals in Justice machine in Animal just number one yeah, wow, right. I'm a geek. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what? No, what, what, I do remember now. Yeah, Comico. No, it's well, what was the last thing he's drawn? Though, I mean, what? what yeah, was he's been me? he's been writing for a long time. Yeah, but, he is. Uh, I just uh, he's best known for Elementals, and then he just kind of right. faded for a while, and then came up with Fables, which is freaking fantastic. Yeah, he yeah. did a nice run on on Robin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He also, well, he wrote the Days of Vengeance thing, and. He wrote some of the Justice League stuff back when Giffen and Demetrius were doing yeah. Yeah. Or Demetrius. Well, he's definitely Demetrius. a talented writer. And, and like I said, Shadow Pact, I just, I, it, it was a, an enjoyable read from seeing that group come you know, come back, and, and I like that group, and um, it's going to be interesting to see. And it's got a smoking see. monkey. It's got a smoking drinking, but it looks like he's quitting drinking. Yeah, that's going to last. On, he's, he's going on the wagon. Last. Well, he is a chimp. But it's got a chimp, and then at the you know in the end of it, it's got a big gorilla. I don't know who the gorilla is because I'm not look, that familiar with the Look what I characters. just found for Tom. One of the one of the the bonuses <laughs> of of recording in a comic shop is that you can get up and walk around and find interesting things. And I just found the classic Ooh, Silver Age Superman action figures. Uh, so, with, Silver Age Superman robot. With, this is the the Silver Age Superman robot, which also includes a bonus Beppo the Super Monkey figure. I'm wondering if they're gonna bring like a super out with Streaky and the Super Cat. You know, I think and that I think that Dark. I think we found Tom's Christmas present. I, I, you know, I think that Dark Tower should donate this to its favorite around comic panelist. <laughs> <laughs> it's his birthday. I will find out because 
it's a monkey in a super suit, and that's just, and a robot bat, uh, Superman. How dude? You know. Robots, monkeys, super suit. Can't go wrong. Well, I'm always surprised why he doesn't buy Liberty Liberty Meadows because usually at the beginning of Liberty Meadows, it's from the monkey. Actually, you know, we, we have the head monkey. Or our our, like our June contest, which we're going to announce in a minute, uh, is kind of inspired by Tom, and it, we'll we'll talk about it in a minute, but but. Mr. Beatty, what's your top of the stack? Oh, me now. Yes, it's Yay. your turn. I didn't know we decided on that. Yeah, it was like the last second on these. <laughs> Both me and Sal, last second Johnny's here. Hey, you know what? It's my own fault because I shop at a online, online store. store. <laughs> doesn't get your books to you and on I didn't time. And I usually get my books on In Thursday. And I didn't get my books till today. All right, Beatty, give me your top of the stack. Right. I, I, my choice is a, a comic from Image. Who, who is it? Who is it, Chris? Um, it's a. Uh, the title alone should make you buy this book. It's called Loaded Bible: Jesus versus Vampires. Yes. Watch and out, vampires! What is here comes Jesus. <laughs> vampires are like Savior the new the zombies. Uh, what would Jesus do? What was what? Vampires. vampires are the new zombies. They are. Like the, everything. They are. Everything. Well, is it's either vampire. vampires or zombies. It's undead. No matter yeah, what you do, yeah, it's undead. Undead. undead When's somebody gonna go? do like a good, you know, creature from the Black Lagoon book? Or so, yeah, know. sooner or later, I'm sure Steve Niles will write one. He's written everything else so far. <laughs> every other monster. Um, okay, so basically, the, the basic premise is uh, the government. The government went god happy. They uh, went. Well, they're going. We're, I mean, they're heading that way right now. We're getting very, you know, is it right wing or whatever? And it's Christian it blasphemers. It gets worse and worse until they're, until they're at odds with the rest of the world, which we already are. So basically, we're already halfway so through the story starting, in real life. Yeah. Um, they at one point uh, something that nobody thought existed appears: vampires, real vampires. Nobody thought they existed or anything else. Blood. The whole vampire nation. Um, and at some point, the Vampire Nation, they have, like, a, a board of directors, basically, of, like, the elders. Vampire Nation. And um, they attempt assassination of the president, which fails. The U.S. retaliates. Uh, you know, basically, it's the end of the world, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And, of course, you know, we come back and build a new city that's safe from everybody called the New Vatican City. And, you know, the people, uh, they reveled in their faith there, you know, for they had a savior, a messiah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, who else? TV star. Um, <laughs> is it a reality they, they, they pout them, Yeah, it's like a, they pout them like a re- reality show. It's on TV, showing them vanquishing vampires and, you know, with a mighty sword. And I mean, it's it's pretty, it's, it's amusing it's, and it's great and it's entertaining. It's gory. And it's gory. And I mean, there are parts vampires. where he literally, you know, a vampire just comes over the top of him and he turns around and literally flips his head back and spits. <laughs> on him and his head, the vampire's head explodes. Why? Because well, it's holy. So, yeah. holy, <laughs> holy, holy water, man. Holy, holy spit, Batman. That's right. Oh, uh, I, I did flip through that book and Jesus kicks now, ass. <laughs> now he gets yeah, there's a, there's a point where Jesus basically uh, has a crisis of faith, more or less, in himself, because uh, he he, he kind of realizes that that, that maybe his his mentor is lying to him a little bit uh, on things and and what happens? His is they capture a they capture one of the elder vampires. Who comes in and basically he he's attracted to her almost automatically. A pure breed. Uh, because Ooh. she's a hot dead chick. And nice. She basically reveals to him his true identity, which is uh, that he's he's spoiler. A, he's a spoiler coming up. I'm telling you right now. Here it goes. Should I say it? Can I can I ruin it? Completely? I haven't read this. No, 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 no spoilers. 
like on the, the top so of the, since stack. the book just came out, you're going to have to read to find out why. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So good. that's the basics Did of it. Did you like it? I really liked it. Yeah. And, and, and uh, who wrote it? Who wrote the, it? Yeah, my friend Tim Seeley. And where does good. Tim Seeley shop? Tim Seeley shops here, and that has nothing to do with it. Tim Tim uh, Seeley is Tim the. Tim Seeley is all, he's 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 the artist. He was the artist of GI Joe for the longest time for Devil's and Forgotten Two. Realms. And he does he draws Forgotten Realms right now. And he's the creator of Hexlass, which was optioned. He sold out, bastard. Yes. Uh, good for uh, him. Good uh, for him. Mike Norton did a story in there. So, huh? Mike Norton did a pencil to story in uh, Hexlash. Um, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he did. Exactly. Um, Hexlash is a really good series, too, Tim, Tim Seeley is the anti-matter me because we miss each other by, like, five yeah. minutes every week. I actually believe they may be the same person. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> if we ever meet, one the world will explode. One goes out five minutes explode. later, the other one walks in. They act like nothing is wrong. One does stand up taller than the other. And All right. One wears glasses. It, it's weird. it's amazing. Um, it's are are you, are you done? No. Yeah. Really. Not well, good. I, I just want to say uh, that I I'll, I'll also say, read Loaded Bible and I loved it. Well, thank you. It's got it Dave Walker's stamp well, of approval. The guy, the guy that drew it actually, I like the guy's art. His name is is Nate yeah. Bellegard, and I've, I've never. Or they, showed, they showed the original art that it was going to be yeah. at one point, and I, Not just, as good. I love the new stuff. I like yeah, that. I like this yeah. guy's style. He would be he'd be really great on on uh, Walking Dead, actually. Yeah, Walking he's very Dead, similar. He's, he's very similar to uh, um, Walking Dead's original. Tony Moore. And, there you go. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, kind of like that. Tony Moore. Also, Tony it Moore's reminded me a little bit of the Invincible style. Yes. Too. Yeah, actually, very much so. Yeah. So. yeah. so I liked it a lot. Very, oh. very cool style of art. Very good book. Very enjoyable. Pick it up. It's only a one shot. It is a mature book, right? It's a one shot. <laughs> uh, it's no, seriously. I mean, it's <laughs> no, it is. It is a mature book. So, so <laughs> all, you 50, all you vampires know it's for four-year-olds. Right run out quickly and buy oh, a copy. No, but I mean, children, tell your parents that you're getting a strawberry shortcake coming. I'm gonna cut in that. Tell them it's a book Tom. about Jesus. They'll let you have it. Yeah, it's about Jesus. <laughs> it's, Jesus. it's about your Savior and Lord. Well, okay. no, I mean it could be. It doesn't just because it's Jesus fighting. It's a wholesome story about Jesus. It's a wholesome fighting story about. No, but no, my and, point was there's well, there's nudity and blood yeah. and yes. you know. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> you could do stuff. Jesus fighting vampires it's without a nudity. Story about bloodletting. Uh, all right. I that, mean, there was one scene that would that that is our piss off the Pope. God. That's our well, what top of the stack. The Pope. The Pope. He's a vampire. You ever <laughs> He's seen him undead, maybe. We're all going to hell. All right. I think we're going to bring this train wreck of an episode to an end. What's, <laughs> I you feel wound I am wounded. All right. Well, that's the last time I'm on. No, no, no. First of all, I would like to thank our panel. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wacker, thank you very much. How's uh, Scar Tissue number four going? It's going. You going to get it done this weekend? Uh, not this weekend. <laughs> God, don't put any more pressure on me. All right. Uh, hopefully, I'll have it done within the next week. But you're looking at uh, debuting at San Diego, right? I'm gonna try. When's right. San Diego? Where I'm trying hard. When's San Diego? Uh, mid July. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man, get on it already. Get Christ. on it. All right, uh, Mr. Beatty, thank you as always for hosting us and for being such a wonderful panel member. Sal, you, as you always. I, I want to. I do want to give a shout out. Uh, we don't like to pat ourselves on the back too much. Wait, who am I kidding? Of course we do. Uh, I want to thank Sal for Aww. constantly keeping up the website, putting all of the news stories Wait, up, uh, modding the forum, mixing the shows. And the only like, modding of the forum is keeping Mark in Mar- line. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Uh, Man, feel the love in this room. For the listeners out there, 
Sal puts in so much work on this podcast. He drives probably two hours every Friday night to be here and does an amazing job mixing, editing, and posting this show. So, Sal, thank you. Thank you very, very much. And those constant reach-arounds, I'm telling you, that is the highlight of I have soft hands. All right, so um, some announcements here. Um, First of all... uh, Please, if you uh, if you download through iTunes, which we know that a lot of you guys do, because for one glorious day this week, no, we yeah we, for we, like eighteen for, hours, for like eighteen hours, we were the number one comic book podcast on iTunes. Oh, oh wow! All right. So anyway, we we. We, we know that there are a lot of you guys out there. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. Please drop by the iTunes Music Store and write a review for us. Uh, next is our June contest. We finished up our May contest. Uh, Matt Kramer was the winner, and we've got to get his trade sent out this week. Matt, it'll be in the, the mail soon, I promise you. Uh, our June contest. Uh, we started this because you know we know that we have a lot of listeners out there. We kind of want to know where you're from, so we were thinking about just having you email us and doing a random drawing, but that's kind of boring nude photos we do want to we we want you to email us but we want you to write a haiku in your email and what's a haiku chris (laughs) he doesn't know (laughs) he didn't know before we started this (laughs) i almost had it right just write a haiku it's in five seven five five words seven it's three lines five words seven words five words 17 syllables it doesn't have to rhyme uh, do, do it about comics, about a comic you like, about us, about around comics, about, about Mark monkeys, Bay. about that, that's Tom Caters. Bo- bonus points for monkeys. Ooh, monkeys. And so just, I, just think of it this way. There's probably going to be like three people actually sending in a haiku. So your chances of winning but are really you, you've good. You've got like a 30 too, yeah. too many monkey comments can't deter from your, de- detract from your score. Oh, I, th- I think it's, it's bonus points for monkeys. Balance. So anyway, you, you, you will probably have like a 33 and a third chance of winning if someone in. And uh, uh, we'll give you a trade. Um, same thing. Uh, 24.95 or less. Uh, 7.99 in, 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 in print, and uh, that'll be sponsored by 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 Dark Tower Comics. Basically, Runaways. Okay, team. guys. Um, thanks for all the great uh, forum posts this week. We're sorry we didn't have Rick Remender on. Um, we will uh, maybe forward you his uh, uh, forward his him phone number. Your <laughs> your question. If you just want to call him up and <laughs> we'll we'll see if, we'll see if thought. he'll answer some of those questions for us. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you can visit our forums two different ways. You can go to our home forum at around comics.com that's where sal and i are pretty much all the time or you can visit us at comicgeekspeak.com uh the, for, the forum family at comic geekspeak has grown to include now 11 comics podcasts it's a great place to check out some of the best podcasts on the net and interact with their hosts and listeners uh around comics and dark tower are pleased to announce that michael Oliveri and joe buco the creators of werewolves call of the wild will be in store and in studio on friday june 30th for a book signing and guest appearance on the show check out their book at cotwcomic.com and listen to around comics for more information in the next week on the appearance uh once again i'd like to thank everyone for being on the show um everyone have a fantastic week we will be back again next monday with another full-length episode of around comics in the meantime we will be everywhere in and around comics
If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.